What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams. And that's you. Back in here with another YouTube live stream. Shout out to the Coach Gang for being here, being involved, and being active on this YouTube channel. And welcome to the Wake Up Show, part of the Free Agent Lifestyle podcast here on the Free Agent Lifestyle channel. Let me see here. Microphone check. One, two. What is this? The five-foot assassin with the roughneck business. Something, 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 something. Anyway, anyway. Um, shout out to the tribe called Quest and uh, the fight dog in the building. Hey, hey, this is going to be an important show. This is a part of the edutainment show today. Today, we're going to edutain, edutain our brothers in here. The brothers in here who are looking to pass on their legacy. They're looking to pass on their legacy, and we're going to break this down. We're going to meet. We're going to show you what this means about bringing children into the world. I float like gravity, never had a cavity. All right, shout out to them. Yeah, there y'all go. Hey, thank you, brothers. Thank you, brothers. Float like gravity, never had a cavity. Yeah, that's it. Mm. All right. Uh, appreciate you for uh, giving me back in, uh, getting back into the five dog spirit. But uh, anyway, man, this is going to be a great show for you guys. If you're wondering, if you're wondering, or you just in the back of your mind wanted to pass on your legacy. That's been a word that a lot of men, legacy ninjas, who um been saying as a means to kind of do away with the knowledge that we pass here. Well, that's nice, coach, but I want to pass on my legacy, right? I want to pass on my legacy. So none of that matters. I mean, what am I supposed to do, coach? Not marry, go my own way, be a free agent, get take the red pill. What am I supposed to do, man? Yeah, coach, I want to, I want to spread my seed far away. <laughs> I want to be able to have children and raise them. And you're in my way. So I don't care what you're saying. And we had the young brother yesterday that was on the show, Mr. Moose Locks. And uh, he was on the show with uh, lead attorney. And uh, the guy was like not listening. And he was in a rush. And he was like, I got to have these kids. Well, today, luckily for you, you're talking to a man that has two children himself. All right, shout out to me right there. I didn't even do the round of applause. <laughs> I have two children myself. Now, I'm going to give you a realistic perspective of somebody who is the typical parent in America today, when you say the typical parent, no, it is not two parents raising children in a two-parent household. That is the atypical parent in most of our country today. Those parents are the parents of old. Those are the parents of the mindset that you believe that you're going to raise your children in, right? You think, hey, you know, I'm going to meet the person of my dreams and uh, we're going to have children together and we're going to raise them together from zero to 17. Well, that's not exactly true. And so you must prepare for what's going to come potentially if you break up with your boo, if you break up with your baby mama, if you break up with your wife, what's going to come of this? So this is going to be an important show. And, if, and feel free to ask any questions or let your insight, uh, let your insight be known. Today's show, am I going to really tell you don't have children in today's age? Not necessarily, but I'm going to warn you of what you need to worry about if you do have children in today's age. All right. So it's going to be one of those shows. So um, I'm not just going to flat out and say, do not have kids because it would be hypocritical of me because I already have my kids. Right. And you're like, well, you already got kids. All right. And now it's going to be easy for you to tell me I don't have no kids. All right. That's not fair. I want to pass my legacy. You don't want us to pass our legacy. You don't want us to build up the black Nubian family. You you uh, shuffling coach. We could be up here building up the black Nubian family and you out here killing us and killing our numbers. <laughs> I'm like, look, uh, if you think I'm doing a number on your numbers, uh, go see Planned Parenthood over here. They kill, they get, they get rid of three thousand of y'all a day. 
Anyway. <laughs> great, great show. Anyway, to let your voice be heard on this topic. If you're a parent, if you're a parent that wants to tell brothers, don't do it. If you're a parent that says, hey, you know, brothers, it's nothing to worry about. You'll get over it. Um, if you're any one of these brothers uh, or uh, you're a guy that doesn't have kids and you made it past the age of 35 and you're like, well, you know, it's too late now. And uh, you're enjoying your life and you're like, damn, I was going to do it, but I'm glad I didn't. Let your voice be heard. Dollar sign CGA live right down at the bottom right portion of your screen. That is the cash app. Um, PayPal.me backslash Coach Greg Adams. That is the PayPal. That is the PayPal. Let your voice be heard over there. I'll put it right up at the top of the uh, live chat for you guys to click on if you want to get there a little bit swiftly. Members content, CoachGregAdams.Locals.com and then Patreon.com backslash Coach Greg Adams. All right, so that's how you let your voice be heard on today's show. Oh, let me, let me type this in again. Man, why do I always forget this? Why do I always forget? Why you treat me so bad over here? I don't know why, baby. All right, and I can't talk and type at the same time. All right, where's my secretary skills? I took typing class. That's how old I am in school. All right, I had typing class. Okay, 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 okay. Here we go. Pin it to the top. We did it. All right, so um, let me acknowledge the earlier contributors to today's show. And by the way, this is your happy Father's Day. This is going to be a happy Father's Day. I know some of y'all ninjas, you know, do you have kids? Well, I don't know. You know, I could have, you know, every Father's Day I get a little nervous, you know. One of you ninjas, all right. <laughs> well, you know, I could be, I could have 10 baby daddies. I could be 10 time baby daddy out here. So every Father's Day, I get nervous every time my phone ring, you know, somebody could be caught. I hate, don't you know, which one of you fools use that joke? All right, Christopher J says, nope, Ethiopian peace lead, take just, tastes just like the rest. <laughs> he said, tastes just like the rest. Yeah, people be talking about certain type of peace lead, be putting the whip on you. I'm like, I've had a lot of different cultures, peace leaves. I, it's all the same. At this point, it's all the same. Maybe when you're younger, though, when you're younger, some woman will put that thing on you. <laughs> but not so much anymore, man. I just be like, look, man, what are we doing here? Just put that stank on the finger real quick. What are we, what are we, what are we delaying for? When you get older, it's like a handshake. When you're younger, I get it. You know what I mean? You getting them sweet waters. You out there, wait in the water. Wait in the water. Tell me, wait in the water. Something's going to get you in the water. All right. You can't tell, boy. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That sweet honey, that sweet, sweet nectar, that sweet, sweet thing. That's what give women that power out there. They put that thing on you. All right. And you just be out there. Ooh. Now I just be like, just, I don't even have to know your name. Just lay down right there. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're dismissed. <laughs> it means nothing. All right. Let me just get this thing off real quick. All right. You know, this is what happens when you're in your 40s. You ain't got to know nothing. All right, just I, let me just I just need you for a couple minutes. Just come through real quick. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> don't say nothing. Don't breathe. Don't nothing. I don't care what you do. And then after the fact, I'd rather not even know you anymore. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, shout out to XL Pro Services. Coach gang in the building. Yes, sir. 
All right, doc, the AMG doctor, Dr. AMG says, parents tell me to not have kids. It's too expensive. And that's a doctor. <laughs> Damn. Have you noticed that the people who have a little bit more money, they tend to not have kids. They have the least amount of kids. And they'll say, well, the kids are too expensive to have. Now, poor people, on the other hand, <laughs> poor people be pushing out babies like crazy because they got all this extra time. And then they always lean on other people to pay um, pay for their kids. Like, what is that mindset? Poor people are like, well, kids aren't that expensive. You don't need you don't need to have this. You can just hand me down clothes and pass down clothes from this kid to this kid. The older kids serve as the babysitters for the younger kids. You you sign up for welfare, but kids aren't expensive. <laughs> Rich people, people that got money be like, damn, I got to part ways with how much money? Oh, hell no, because they can't lean on nobody else. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. I, it, the doctor saying the kids are too expensive. Think about this. Just look at any neighborhood, any neighborhood, suburban neighborhood, two kids, the golden retriever, and they go on about life. All right. Poor people. Uh, that's You know what I mean? Poor people could have all through elementary school, eight kids pass through the whole damn school with the last name. Aren't you Latrell's sister? Aren't you Latrell's sister three years later? Aren't you uh, Tata Alicia's brother? You know, they becoming just <laughs> what the hell's going on? Man, you'd be hard pressed to find a suburban family with more than three kids. I mean, every now and then you will. But three kids is the damn max. I mean, two is the norm. Three is the max. You ain't finding many of them with like four and five. Four. I mean, talk about suburban, not middle class, not middle class. Okay, suburban, like upper level suburban. Three max. In the hood, that's just getting started. Latinos, <laughs> blacks. Y'all be pushing them out, pushing the babies out out here, looking around like, wait a minute, aren't y'all struggling? What is going on? I, I have to figure that out. Somebody has to figure that out. So if a doctor saying kids are too expensive, why are non-doctors having eight kids? Well, it's your legacy. It's your right. See, this is the thing we got to get uh, with parentage because parentage is easy to get into, but it's hard to figure out. Uh, over time so people get into it very easily all you got to do is slide in between some woman's legs bust all up in their guts and now you can have a baby at the right time okay but now the the work is to be done and many of the times we pass on the responsibilities to other uh all these kids somebody needs to take care of all these kids all my kids they need to be held accountable and they need to pay shout out to ryan coach looks like tyrone in his new studio hey look at the chocolate skin I ain't even got everything set up. I got three T-shirts in Las Vegas. I had to do laundry three times. <laughs> I don't even bring that much clothes, man. Um, and um, I'm headed back to uh, do the big move. I don't even have all my furniture, nothing here. All right, all I have is my studio and I have my rec room. And um, yeah, man, I'm going back to get my furniture uh, late tonight. May not be here Wednesday and Thursday. We doing big moves, man, big things. Then I'm going to have my furniture here. I'm going to have my big bed, my big old fluffy cloud. Ladies going to be up in here. I'm going to be throwing legs back. All weekend, I'm catching up. <laughs> I've been sleeping on the air mattress. I'm catching up. All right. I'm going to have them li lined up, come through. 
this gonna be you and LB. I'm gonna be at the junior college. All right, ladies, I'm here. <laughs> I've I've officially arrived in Las Vegas. All right, I gave y'all a couple of weeks notice, but it's about to be toes, ten toes up, ten toes up, folded up, all kind of. It's about to be a damn absolute debaucherous festival this weekend <laughs> unlv parking lot like beep beep in the 9-11 what's up to the crib i got my bed here no I'm just <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess all right it's gonna be yes the last days of rome it's gonna be like that all right, I'm going to have to get the candles out. It's going to smell like desert badussy around this mug. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm cutting loose this weekend. <laughs> Somebody says you be better be packing your kids with you. Oh, oh, my kids. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole nother subject. Anyway, I'm catching up on lost time. I've been good for the last couple of weeks. Appreciate you out there telling me I look like Tyrone in my new studio. Simon Small says doubling up on the gospel of the free agent lifestyle collection plate. Uh, I appreciate you, man. You, you need a round of applause. You a sponsor for sure. Be real mahogany legacy gets passed when I get uh when I get Kabiza in the truck. I don't know what that is. What is that? Let me look it up. Don't let me put hold on for a second. Oh, food. Oh, it's not food. Anyway, I should have known that. Head. That's all it is. All right. Passing on that legacy. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. We appreciate the ladies out here, man. It's a dangerous proposition uh, having kids in this day here. Shout out to Christopher Beatty, I believe. I may just told him his government name uh, and probably didn't need to tell him the government name. Living on $270,000 a year in Austin. Millennial money. He is doomed. Wow. In fear. 270 a year in Austin. Holy moly. Hey, a lot of people make that amount of money and they don't even. They, they struggling. <laughs> they absolutely struggling. Um, I think there's a sister in here. Uh, is that Courtney Hood? I can't I can't really see. It seems like a sister in here says it's too dangerous to have kids out here. Um, she does look like she might have some pretty feet, too. But, man, I'm going to tell you. Let's go down and, and, and give you a couple of things here. Let's give you a couple of things about having these kids. Because I know you guys, you know, this is what men, this is what's stopping men from going all the way and uh, protecting themselves. So they want to have kids. And the first thing about having kids is that this is what you have to understand about having kids. Once you have kids, you're going to commit two decades to raising those kids. All right. So point number one on this one, you're going to commit two decades consecutively to having and raising kids this does not even include are you going to be living with these kids are you going to be in these kids lives 24 7 are you going to be a part-time daddy a part-time mother it does not matter the kids presence on this earth is a result of you and the mother once the kid gets here there's no stopping time there is no stopping time you are going to have to be raising these kids for two decades. So let's just say at age 25, you stopped. I'm sorry, you start having kids. From age 25 to 45, minimum, you're going to be raising these kids. If you have two kids, three kids, 
Go ahead and bump it up an extra two to three years. So you're talking about two and a half decades, almost three decades if you have three or four kids. Non-stop kids in your life. Now, I know you guys want to have kids and you think that this is an easy thing to do. This is very tedious work. It is very time-consuming work. It is very much an expensive game. You're going to be stressed out. You're talking about kids here. Most of the time, the kids are going to be here. They're not going to be independent. Much of their lives, you're going to have to feed them. Those The kids won't feed themselves. Even if they're like uh, ages where they can feed themselves, many times you got to force feed them, right? They don't want to eat whatever you prepared, and you got to serve it to them. You got to make sure, well, you got better eat, or you're going to die, or you're going to be malnourished, or whatever it is. Many of the times that they can feed themselves, they make a mess feeding themselves. Not only do they make a mess feeding themselves, they don't clean up. Okay, so a lot of their years, although you might think after a certain amount of time they're going to be independent, oh, they can finally feed themselves. I don't have to spoon feed them anymore. Well, when they start eating and feeding themselves, they make an absolute mess and they don't clean up. They're too young to clean up. And then when they're old enough to clean up, they barely do a good job of that. They do it half-assedly. Okay. Okay. A lot of them have different temperaments, different uh, uh, foods that they desire, X, Y, and Z. And um, if you're not good in control of your kids, you'll be doing three different meals in, a, in an evening. I know people laugh at that, but uh, you know, I'll never do that as a parent. And then sooner or later, your ass is doing that as a parent. Okay. Most of them can't cook all the way up until age 16, at least. Many of them past the age of 16 can't cook for themselves. So if you're not feeding them or if you're not giving them food, then you're not, uh, they're not eating. They're not going to eat. Many of them, especially if you get the teenage years and they can't cook, and many of you guys have taken time to uh, teach them how to cook. Well, what's going to happen is once they get about 15, 14, 15, 16, they're going to lazily cook, cook if they do anything. All right. We're talking about top ramen, noodles, beans. They're not going to go out there and take all the ingredients that you have and bought for them and combine it to make food. You would hope they would do that. Women in the past used to teach their daughters to do stuff like this. And women in the past used to say, yeah, this is fantastic. But now they want no parts of cooking. So they're not going to create a meal. They're just going to say, what's the laziest thing that I can do? Well, here's some noodles, here's some butter, and that'll be the end of it. Here's some top ramen. I'll do that. And that's the extent of it. So as you're working on your career, as you're trying to keep your parents together, you're trying to hold your life together. Guess what? You're still having to take care of these kids on a daily basis. Not only that, they don't know how to drive. They're not old enough to drive. The, the, pretty much the last two years of their teenage uh, experience with you is when they learn how to drive. And even then, the, many of them don't know how to drive. Many of them won't even get their driver's license by then. By then. They'll be like, yeah, I'm 16, but I ain't going to get no driver's license. <laughs> right? So now you're still toting them around because they have things to do. You have things to do. They have uh, extracurricular activities. They have a job maybe on the part-time. They have things that they need to get to, football games, uh, cheerleading contests. And many of these things aren't in your neighborhood. Your ass going to be driving their ass around. Now, you could say you're not going to drive them around, but there goes you in uh, your legacy passing on while your kids are sitting at home smoking vapes in their bedroom looking at TikTok and stripping. That's what they're going to be doing in place of you not – joint uh moving them around town to get to their appointments okay so two decades continuously of raising kids if you're in your 30s and you're starting your 30s 
You're going to be raising kids to your 50s minimally. 30s to 50. Somebody said Uber. Ubers sometimes don't pick your kids up if they're under 18. That is the policy of Uber. Now, some Ubers do go ahead and, and pick the kids up, but um, some Ubers will not pick your kid up if they're under 18. So you can't just Uber them. And that, that creates another problem if something does happen. And especially if you live in a co-parenting or a divorced family and one parent's putting kids in Uber and the other one doesn't approve and something happens to your kids in an Uber, now you got a problem, okay? You got a problem. So Uber is not always going to be uh, your best case scenario. Okay, so uh, if you're in your 30s, you'll be raising kids to your 50s. I mean, this is a big age range of your youth. This is a big part of your youth as an adult. You just finished being a child. And then now you're going to be spending all of your, pretty much your prime adult years raising kids, 30s to 50s. If you start at 35, you'll be raising kids to your 55. If you're some of these old progressive people just start having kids at 40, 40 to 60, 40 to 62, it's going to be all kids, okay? All kids. Somebody says, Uber, he says, why is there someone on here that would even bring this up? People, guys, people, obviously, it's not a parent. It's not a parent who would know to throw their kids in an Uber. Uh, most people are not just going to throw their kids in the car with a stranger, uh, even though uh, it's a it's an app that adults would use. Kids between the age, I like, what what age would you let your kid use Uber? Uh, comfortably some people I know I know teens that do it teen females that have been doing it since they were seventh eighth grade all right and um now that's what I wouldn't do that and my daughter has never done uh I don't think an uber by herself my son has all right but my daughter hasn't so um I wouldn't be willing to put her in a situation like that my son you're on your own son <laughs> you gotta learn how to fight you better learn how to fight so um that's the that's the situation about raising kids at at, uh, at your most youthful adult years. You're going to spend all of it and there's no turning back. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no turning back. You can't be like, oh, I, I wanted kids, but I don't want them no more. Oh, I want kids. There was too much work. So I'm going to abandon ship. You can't. You got to complete the process. You got to complete the process. No, not no matter how easy or hard it is. All right. So the next part is. <laughs> the next part is uh, when it comes to when it comes to you having kids, mate selection is going to be your biggest choice in this. So we're going to give you options later on about having kids, but choosing the right mate is going to be your most important step. Not having the kids, not deciding to bust up in our walls. Now, you're going to probably choose a mate from someone you knew less than a year. Okay. <clears throat> Less than a year. You're not going to choose one somebody from five years, six, eight, 12 years ago. We grew up in school together and we know each other. We know each other's family. Most of the time, most of the time, this is a fairly new person in your life. And what you're going to do is say, I'm going to choose you to invest the next 20 to 25 years in child raising. And what you'll do is you'll make a choice. And many of us make a, uh, a, a very sad choice. A bad choice. Looking at the amount of people that grow up in single parent households, co-parenting, divorce, most of the time we make a bad choice in our mate selection. What you should be looking for in your mate, someone who shares the same values as you. 
If you're going to pick a woman to bust inside of her walls, which many times you don't choose wisely, you should be choosing is this person have the same values as me in terms of disciplining kids. So are you a yeller or a screamer at your kids? Are you a coach? Are you Bobby Knight to your kids? Are you a motivator? Are you a little less passionate? Are you hands off? Okay. Are you hands off? Are you a spanker? Are you a spanker? Some people uh, spare the rouse, spare the child. Are you a person that says, I will never tell my kids no. I will never intimidate them. I would never. Are you one of those type of parents? Are you a liberal-minded parent? Where the kid just gets to mess up and then hopefully you can have a rational conversation with this child. All right. Some people believe that they can have rational uh, conversations with children and the children will understand. So do you have the same values as turning disciplining the kid? Are you going to take away the phone? Are you going to do like, say, for instance, you take away the phone, the other parent gives the phone back to the kid. This happens in disciplining. What about um, nutrition? Maybe you want to have your kids not be part of the obese segment of kids in America. And let me go ahead and show you a, a quick chart right here about how many kids. And if you want to look at what kids turn out to be, just look no further than uh, your playgrounds. All right, here is some data right here on obesity in children. It says right here, childhood ob obesity continues to be a national epidemic and disparities by race and ethnicities persist. Here is the newest data of kids between the age of 10 and 17. 16% of children aged 10 to 17 had obesity. This is 23% of black children, non-Hispanic black children, 23%. That's one in four. Most of these people in the South, I'm sure it's higher. 21% of Hispanic kids, one in five, one in five. Here it is, 12% of non-white, all right? Not Hispanic white, I'm sorry. White kids, 12%. Okay, so you have food insecurity, structural racism. If you're going to bring kids into this world and you're going to say, well, we have food insecurity and structural racism, then I'm going to tell you don't have kids. All right, stop having kids. If you're going to bring in kids and they're just going to be a part of the poor and obese, don't bring in no kids. All right, or, or don't complain about it. <laughs> all right, Jesus. All right, uh, let me see here. You're, you're just bringing in more poverty. Let's see here. Food crises uh, uh, from crisis to opportunity, reforming our nation's policies to help all children grow up healthy. See, if we got to do all this, you have no business bringing in kids. Zero. Stop. Stop. Um, continuing on here. Nutrition wise, are you on the same accord? Are you have the same values? Education wise, how are you going to educate your kids? How are you are you on the same accord about educating your kids? Most people, 90% to be exact, of Americans use what we call the public school indoctrination camp or public fool system or the public school system, whatever you want to call it. It is a free program that is given to you by your state. It is it's ran by your state who also runs a prison institutions and, and universities in your in your uh state, municipality, all of these things. And what they do is they provide you after the age of four, four and a half or five, they give you free education in which you are to drop off their kids. Yeah, their kids, not your kids. You're to drop off their kids in order to be educated. And then they're going to run you through 13 years of, of education in which your kid's going to leave probably dumber than they started. All right. But anyway, 
or you can homeschool them or you can send them to private school, which is going to be a little bit different than the public school. The private school gets to basically call their shots a little bit in terms of curriculum and they can use it under the guise of the religious institutions. Right. So they have a little bit more protection, but it's going to cost you a little bit more to send them to private school. Most people know that that private school is going to give your kids just a little bit more of an advantage. Typically, typically, it's not that they're better than a public school, but they're just going to give you maybe advantages where the student teacher ratio is a little bit more to your advantage. They're probably not going to have as many knuckleheads distracting the school day. See, in public school, anybody and everybody has to come in your district. So that means the knuckleheads, the gangbangers, the distracted people, the kids that have no discipline, all of these kids are going to be thrown into a pot, shaking up 35 kids in one class to one teacher. And the teachers are going to be underpaid, uh, not able to manage the kids for the most part, because most of their time is going to be spent taking attendance and disciplining. Whereas in the public school, you're going to have least of those di uh, discipline problems. You're going to have them. They're going to be least and there's going to be least less of a distraction. You're going to have other distractions, but this is the system of education. And, and in order to give you an idea of this education here, I brought up, let me see here. Did I bring this up here? Uh, let me bring up some data. I did. Oh, here it is right here. This is what I wanted to bring up. Um, in these institutions, you don't get to determine who these institutions hire. So a lot of young teachers are, Going in, remember when teachers were old as hell? When I grew up, uh, excuse me, when I was a kid um, in school, teachers were old women and old men, old ass women and old ass men. I mean, most of my elementary school teachers were old people. Today, not so much. A lot of these people have gotten out of the system and a lot of the teachers are young. They're also young and they're impressionable or they're trying to make impressions on the student. They're trying to be the cool teacher. They're trying to be the dangerous minds teacher. They're also going to be more liberal leaning because they're poor. They came up and they were indoctrinated into liberal beliefs and sometimes anarchist type beliefs. And so here's a teacher that you're going to send your kids to school. You don't know who the teacher is because you're too busy focusing on your career. So I could focus on my career. And a lot of them are going to be imputing into your system wokeology. And I want you to listen to this particular teacher right here talk about what he what he intends to do with your kids when you send them to free school. Go ahead and listen. I have 180 days to turn them into revolutionaries. How do you do that? How do you scare the fuck out of them? Sacramento organization that is under the banner of Antifa is, is very loosely organized, right? Um, so that yeah, when when there's like right wing rallies and stuff, then we like. We'll create an opposition to that. Yeah. Beautiful. Where would you go to connect to some of these organizations? Like, they... no, I, I post calendar oh, every week. Awesome. And then, so like, it's and I do it for extra credit. So. They... So this teacher is giving them extra, your kids, your high school kids, extra credit to participate in counterculture or in protests or any of these things. And I put it on their little calendar instead of reading, writing, and arithmetic. Your kids are learning how to be protesters because this is how these people learn how uh, to become educators when they went to their public school um, university. And so instead of universities pushing out people that know how to uh, teach kids, they teaching these kids how to be protesters their freshman, sophomore, and junior year. And then all of a sudden, these people come out passionate, and then they turn your high school kids 
into these people here. Here we go. They get points for doing it. Like, and so that encourages them to do it. <laughs> and I've, I've had like students show up for like protests, community events, you know, tabling, food distribution, also So this is what they send them to. And a lot of times it looks fairly innocent. And then it might seem fairly innocent to you. Uh, Mom, dad, I got to go to do community credit. I got to do extra school hours. I got to do extra credit in my class. Where are you going? I'm going to a AIDS walk. I'm going to a pride parade. I'm going to a community organization rally. I'm going to a thing that helps this, a few distributions. And then what they're doing is they're being indoctrinated by these groups of people who run these nonprofits and they, 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 their pipeline comes from the schools all the way to these places. Here, here we go. So it's like they, when they go, they take pictures, they write up a reflection. That's their Like I, I have an Antifa flag on my, on my wall. Yeah. They write up a reflection. Oh, I got to write my reflection. Okay, here it is right here. Uh, they got the flags on the wall. This is in a public school. This is in a public school. Um, and a student complained about that, and you said it made them feel uncomfortable. Well, this is meant to make fascists feel uncomfortable, so if you feel uncomfortable, I, I don't really know what to tell you. <laughs> like, maybe you shouldn't be aligning with the, the values that it, this is antithetical to. So, so um, here it is right here. Uh, <laughs> and they confront him on the street and watch how they start playing innocent victim and whatnot. Uh, this is a uh, fair use project Veritas. Okay. I am a journalist with project Veritas. I don't feel this comfortable with this. Well, this is a little uncomfortable and they got the little Becky right here. Uh, always the one that gets you goofballs to sign up for stuff. Oh, sign this petition here. They don't have no problem invading your space. Well, this is a little uncomfortable. Um, I think that there's been a lot of uncomfortability in your classroom. And you mentioned to one of our colleagues that you have 180 days to turn students into revolutionaries. Would you a student voice their uncomfortability in your classroom? She ain't got no bra. Antifa flag. Do you recall that? Uh, you tacitly implied they might be aligned with fascists. I mean, is this the kind of behavior? Yeah, they don't seem like they're rejecting this statement that they're mean uh they're walking away in shame and so they admit they're admitting their fault that they yeah them saggy waggies are out they're admitting what they're doing is probably not up to snuff so this is what you're sending your kids to school all right these young teachers right here this update right here teacher removed after students pledge allegiance to the pride flag and so she uh i think she was a what teacher what grade she was in what grade she was in oh this is an 11th grade teacher <laughs> Uh, this is an 11th grade teacher. All right. I thought it was a little bit younger. This is the 11th grade teacher. And there she is. She looked like she could be in the 11th grade. I mean, but, uh, here she is right here. Uh, this is the stuff that they do and they think they're doing it innocently. Oh, and we're just messing with your kids. I'll replace this flag with this flag and they pledge allegiance to this flag. And so you might not be on a cord on one accord, but this is what happens when you send your kids to free school. You don't send them to school for that. You send them to school for your reading, writing, and arithmetic, and they probably don't do very well at either one of those things, but they know all of these other things that the teachers are focusing the primary uh, part of their classroom on. This is what happens when you send kids to public school. When you send them to public school because it's free. This is why we call it a public school indoctrination camp. It gives them the opportunity to do things to your kids that you might not even have thought would be done, and it's being done on the taxpayers dime and it's being done on the state's time and the state forces your kids to go there. Like you cannot not have your kids go there unless they go to private school or their homeschool. So this is what happens when you're bringing kids into your, into the system.
Not all schools are doing this, but do you have control over it if this happens? If this teacher's tenured, you can't get the teacher removed many times. So this is what's happening here when you're mate selecting. What if, what if your mate is okay with teachers doing stuff like that? Like, it, like both of those teachers probably got suspended. So you don't get in here and tell me, well, that's their right to do it. They're not supposed to be using their teacherdom as a public uh, political platform. They're not supposed to be doing that. They're supposed to be educating the students. Their personal opinions and political opinions should not matter. But it does. And as a result, this is what happens. What if your mate says it's okay? It's okay to have story time with drag queens. I'm going to send my kids there. What happens? What do you do as a parent? The kids, it's already too late. You can't put the kids back in your uh, mate's peace leave. You can't just say, well, forget it. I ain't raising the kids no more. Okay. <laughs> what do you do? You're stuck. Okay. Next thing. Are you on one accord with your mate politically, socially, culturally, religiously? These are all important things that are going to come up because um, your kids are going to start to learn about these things. And if you're on divided and say, for instance, you're agnostic or atheist and then the other parents, Catholic or Christian, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. It's going to cause some problems. So you want to make sure uh, you're on one accord. What about in respects to competition, athleticism and all of these things? I know parents that uh, they want their kids to be of the arts in music and arts and dance and such. Some parents want their kids to be athletic on the athletic field. And uh, some parents don't want, you'll find this out when it's way too late. Trust me, you're not going to find this out uh, beforehand. You're not, you might have the discussion, but I know parents that are like, I don't understand why my son's father wants my kids to be playing all these sports. I know parents just like that. And they do everything. They, they're divorced and they're co-parenting. And the mother on her weekends, does not let the kids go to their sporting competitions. She's like, no. And then they they go to the all these painting classes and all these music classes and say, this is what I want my kids to do. I don't want them to play sports. <laughs> okay. What do you do? These things happen. All these things happen a lot? No. But the less you know about the child's parent or the child's mother, the more likely some of this stuff is going to come up. All right. Yeah. What about do you want them to play video games? Do you want them to have an iPhone? If you live together, you might be able to have this conversation and it not blow up into a big event. But most of the time, most kids do not live together with their parents. So the parents don't live in the same house and you're having to navigate these very difficult discussions with the co-parent and you're living apart, and you're doing this somehow online or text communication. And so take a look at this chart here, and this will give you an indicator of how many people live in these split households where you're trying to parent successfully, and you're trying to have these conversations of, well, this is what I want for my kids socially, culturally, religiously, politically. This is what I want from them nutrition-wise. This is what I want. Well, when they're at your house, they're eating good in the neighborhood. When they're at the, the mom's house, they're eating garbage. What do you do? Mm. Or vice versa. In the Hispanic community, look at the numbers. So we also show you and educate you 
that uh, the, the idea that you're going to bring kids in a two-parent household is false. Is false. Let me see here. Where is my, here it is right here. The idea that as an American family, you're going to have a household where there's you, the husband, you, the wife, and your children all in one household is this low. 18%. With that being said, the number is something like there's slightly more kids that are in two-parent households than that are not. All right, so this doesn't reflect. I know if you would say, what well, does that mean most kids are raised in a divided household? Not necessarily. But this doesn't account for, I mean, when, when you say it that way, most kids are raised in a two-parent household. Well, then that does account for people that have two, three, four, or five kids. So that skews the number over that. It's slightly more. It's like 51% of children are raised in a two-parent household. But that doesn't mean, is that the biological parents? Is that step-parents? What are that? What is that two parent? Is that two female parents? Is that two male parents? It doesn't break down what that is when you break it down. And okay, what households are represented by biological parents with their kids? It's only eighteen. It's only eighteen. It's not that. It's not that much. So this is where you're going here. You're going to pass a legacy, and you want to mate select, but the odds are you are not going to be with that mate for twenty years. You're not, we're talking about two decades. You got to survive. Most of the time you're impregnating a woman that you've known for less than a year or less than two years, but you got to now go 20 years. Yeah. Or unmarried parents or another one. No, 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 no. That, that, that doesn't go in there because it's still a two parent household, even if they're, they're unmarried, but there's slightly more kids raised in a two parent household. But then it, that, that's telling you that there's multiple kids you're talking about. Okay. All right. So let me make sure. Oh, one more thing that I want to talk about. Then I'm going to go through the contributions right here. This is what I want to talk about here. Here's a chart right here. The cost of raising kids. So now that we got over the fact that you want to try to be, have your kids in a stable household, what is it going to cost you? We've already determined that some people pass on the cost of raising kids to other people. Uh, somebody's got to pay for all of my children. Some people look at the fact that their children are in poverty or poor. And they look at that as a problem of everyone else. All right. Everyone else creating this problem. When in fact, you brought the kids into the world. So you created the problem. And now that forces other people to have to do more, not just for their kids, but for your kids as well. And I think that's unfair. I, I, I don't think that's absolutely fair. Because if this is the mindset of people, what, what, what people will do is they'll continue to have one, two, three, four, and five kids. They'll abuse the system. I can understand if you had one kid and you couldn't afford the kid. But now that you had three, four, and five, and you're saying that's my problem, then I have a problem, especially if I chose to not have kids and I am still raising kids. Mm. Here it is right here. Somebody just joined us. Is kid is coach saying we shouldn't have kids? Well, you just started the show a little bit late. You didn't start at the beginning. But this is very common. My, not many people start the show at the beginning. They come in somewhere in the middle. I've already covered that part. I've already covered that part. So if you want to know the answer to that, go back. I've already covered what I'm saying in this stream. And I covered that specifically. All right. Getting back to what we're talking about here. Raising children today can cost a quarter of a million dollars. That's one child. 
That's one child, a quarter of a million dollars. I want you to look in your bank account right now. <laughs> I want you to look in your bank account and find a quarter of a million dollars. Okay, stop right there. I know that's a little bit unfair. And it's actually unfair because most people that when they start having kids, they're pretty much poor. Okay, most people, and then some people start to work on their craft and their career, and then they begin to distinguish themselves a little bit different from other ones. So you build wealth over time, and then you get able to, uh, most of that wealth is going to be passed on back to the kids. So let's say you earn $50,000, you start having kids, and then your income goes to 150 as a household. Well, it's going to increase, and that helps mostly the kids, because most of the money of the increase goes back to the kid. There's rarely a time where you're stashing the money on the side. Well, we got enough to cover two or three kids and we got extra money. Your income's rising, but also you're passing on more opportunities to your kids. So yes, that's typically what happens. So I will admit that. Again, the next point that I'm going to make on this one, look into your history of earning. Look into your history of earning. Say you're a 28-year-old man now. Go back. And look at, look at how much money you've earned as an adult. How much money have you earned as an adult in your working career? So probably since the age of 22 to now. Have you earned an extra $245,000? Have you earned that? You probably haven't even earned that much money in income. In the time between the age of you graduating college and now, you haven't even earned $245,000. That would be on average something like $35,000 in a particular, uh, maybe about $40,000, $50,000 since the last seven or eight years of your working career. You, you know, $30,000 a year, you're barely making that. So where do you find that most of the money would come from in order you, for you to support this quarter of a million over two decades? Are you going to be able to sock that away and afford that? Or are you going to pass on the responsibility to others in terms of social programming, welfare, and et cetera, which is unfair. I think you're trifling if you bring in kids and do that. I, that at that point, I'll tell you, don't have any more kids. All right, stop having kids. If you're going to just say, well, the system will take care of me. Or I'll just, no, that, that's absolutely unfair. It's cruel and unusual punishment to your children. But with that being said here, this is just one child. What if you have two or three child, childs, children? If you have two or three children, you're talking about a half million, a half million dollars. You're talking about three quarters of a million dollars. You're talking about close to one million dollars. For three kids, a million dollars of money. So calculate how much of that earnings are you going to have in that decade? How much can you earn in a decade? How much can you earn in two decades? Now, just subtract that by a quarter of a million per kid. And that is about how much money you're going to have left after you subtract. Okay. This is what you should consider, but most people don't consider that. And then they bring in kids who are going to be disadvantaged. We're not even going to just wait till I get down to what possibly can go wrong with your kid. Right. All right. This is just a healthy kid. 
This is just a healthy kid operating from zero to 17 with no problems uh, from coast to coast, from baseline to baseline. This is just the cost. And this is what's going to happen potentially if you send them to the public school. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and go into the con contributions. Again, if you're just joining me on this stream, I'm bringing my experience as a parent, two kids myself, almost to the finish line. And let me tell you, I'm at, I'm almost to the finish line, but most of your problems with children are going to start at this point. The teenage years are the years that you should be watching your kids like a hawk, not using them as, um, as pieces to uh, hurt the other parent. Because that's only, I mean, all you're doing is letting the kid manipulate the system of parentage. Okay, so uh, people think, oh, I'm almost at the finish line or you're almost at the finish line with teenagers. This is the worst years. <laughs> this is the worst years because they literally can do stuff like take a life. They can drive a car. They can drive it into a house. Um, they can impregnate another person. They can gangbang. They can make choices that are going to affect the next 20, 30 years of their lives. Uh, previously, your children couldn't do that. Now they can do that. And if you're not watching them like a hawk, <laughs> you're literally going to, after you take your foot off the gas, now this is when the catastrophes happen. This is when the catastrophe happens. Yeah, they can start drinking, smoking, doing drugs. This is when the bull crap happens, when the late teenage years. Late teenage years. And uh, let me say this. Uh, children are lovable liabilities. Most of the time, you recoup nothing back from them. You should expect to recoup nothing back from them. If your kids become a millionaire, they owe you zero of those dollars. All right. So um, your job is to invest in them so that they can have a better life for themselves, not to get anything back. Like your investment in them is to not get anything back, but a productive citizen and somebody that's responsible. And that's it. Everything that they get from that is theirs. With that being said, they're not an asset. Children are not assets, and you don't bring them into the world to become assets. You bring them, they, they are only liabilities. They can only cost you double, triple, quadruple, 100%. And that's just you doing what you're supposed to do, not in excess. You're just supposed to give them that. And most people can't even give their kids that. And then they become leeches and parasites onto society. Then they become liabilities, not just to the parents. They can become liabilities to everybody else. Sticking people up, carjacking, shooting at the Juneteenth parade. All right. Now they become liabilities to society. So it's absolutely insane what people do here just to pass on their legacy. And you got no damn control of your kid. And then it affects everybody else. They become hoodlums or they become nonproductive. So anyway, continuing on, somebody said boomers did this. <laughs> I just love to blame the boomers, right? Shout out to Sterling in the building. He says this topic is right on time. Thanks, coach. Of course, I'm going to give it a little bit of the what you should be looking out for. All right. But uh, yeah, it's 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 the reality of the situation. I don't want to paint a rosy picture of children. It, there's no rosy picture of children. I mean, babies, maybe. All right. But it, look at kids beyond the age of when they're cute and innocent, like fifth grade and on. All right, just go look at them. Look at them. All right, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to see. There's no future. The, the, the children are the future or, oh boy. 
Harold L. He says, I know, right? Give up fast, not slow. Give up that. What is that? That cat. Give up that cat fast, not slow. Just shake my hand. Here you go. I, that's what we're doing right now. I know I don't want no more kids. Avid Hiker in the building. Coffee fun coach. Thank you, Avid Hiker, for being back in the building. Who do we got in here? Mr. Gemini Ryder. I'm almost, I almost married a Kaylee at 21. She wanted three kids. Okay, so yeah, uh, people used to be able to say, I want three kids, I want five kids. All right, after a while, you'll figure out you can't afford five kids. All right, most people cannot afford five kids. And so that should be your indicator when you marry somebody or if you get with somebody and you choose your mate and they say, I want eight kids. Okay, eh, I mean, that's not possible. You might have to move somewhere where it's affordable to do that, like Utah, Wyoming, Montana or something like that, where you can then try to make that affordable. Uh, you still have to make six figures living in a place like that. Or they're just going to be poor. And a 21-year-old woman shouldn't be calling that shot. All right, I don't think so. Shout out to Mr. Johnson in the building. Desert peace leaves smell like a pickle in a sweaty sock. Oh, it's all just down there, just bubbling up. And <laughs> Oh, goodness. All in that 104-degree weather. She bring that old stanky thing. No, no, no. Jump in my shower. Sitting this one out, he says. He says, L's not. I's not having kids until society changes. Oh, boy. Well, get luck with that. Good luck with that. Um, you know, my my parents, grown, when, I was a, when I was a teenager, they had to worry about us gangbanging. I think that was like our biggest concern, gangbanging. Nowadays, these kids are doing, um, they're depressed, they're anxious, they're choosing. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to what the average teenager is doing. And when I say the average, I'm talking about the non-blue chip mindset teenager. All right. Um, the blue chip mindset teenager is going through some things too. They want to do their own um, their own rebellion if they don't see the big picture. And remember, kids don't see the big picture. They don't also, they also don't have experience. You sometimes talk to your kids as if they've experienced the life that you've experienced. And it's not true. Kids don't experience the life that you've experienced. And so you're talking to them like they're an extension of you. And they're like, what? I haven't experienced any of that. And they are out here gangbanging and choosing and doing whatever they're doing at going absolutely nowhere. Being asked, what do you want to do for a living? And they start thinking about places that uh, can hire them for jobs. That's not a living. That's trying to patch your way through. There's other options for you. And do you have time to explore those with your children? Society is going a real different route. Shout out to my man, Davin. He says, morning, CGA. Is that a picture of Derek Jackson behind you? What? That's me, bro. Or you mean right here? That's me before my gray beard. This one right here. So that's an older picture of me. I that, I do have a beard, though, but it's dark. It's just for men in that beard. <laughs> he said Derek Jackson. Oh, man. DG Seymour, he says, commitment equals financial exposure. When you make a commitment, you're making a financial commitment to your children. Boob says, been watching that Dane Calloway all weekend. Wow, he's mind-blowing. Just he, I'm just here to make you think. Shout out to Dane Calloway. Um. He's one of those guys, man. He's he's definitely mind-blowing in uh, his research and whatnot. Let me do a couple more. Uh, Callie West, Miami in the building. What's up, brother? He says, uh, 
TGA is living the free agent lifestyle 2.0. Can't wait to see what you do with your new podcast studio. The Matador is going to have Kaylee Knees touching her elbows. All you can hear is clap, clap, clap. Shout out to CGA, Viva Las Vegas, and the Nasty Boys in the building. It's going to get nasty around here. Um, the Kayleys ain't like they are in Orange County, though. I'm going to let you know that. The Kayleys is on that Tucson trailer park-ish. <laughs> Appreciate you, Gabe, Mr. Gabe. We're going to call you just Mr. Gabe so we don't give out your government like name. And, um, man, the Kayleys out here ain't like they used to be. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. YouTube Trash Talker. He says, happy belated Father's Day, coach. Grab you some armor all for the Porsche and keep saving these lost boys with all your wisdom. Thank you, sir. Appreciate all the brothers that made the contributions to today's show. All right. A lot of desert rats out here. Shout out to the <laughs> desert rats. It's going to have to get nasty. All right. Uh, I say, coach, he says, I ain't having jits right now. Later. All right. Shout out to Dreddy, the machine over there. He says, I say, coach, I ain't having no jits. The jits are expensive around here. All right, let's get back to the show. Let me show you this real quick. All right, so we got we gave you the data. I know people are joining us right now. What possibly? So the best case scenario for your kid, they come up healthy, 10, 10 fingers, 10 toes, no, no um, discipline problems, no mental problems, and they go about their day. They have a ha happy household. You have a two-parent household. You're married in a happy, stable uh, marriage, right? This is like the best case scenario. Your kids understand the big picture. They're wise beyond their years. And uh, eventually, once you get them through this stage, they go on to college or they go on to become millionaires or whatever. Or they become a trade. They get a trade and they become a, a part of the working class. And they just navigate in life. They they don't get teenage pregnancy. They don't knock anyone up. They don't steal nothing from the Sephora or the liquor store. Like, there's nothing that happens. They don't become a part of the penile system. This is a rare breed of kid. But some of these kids come out with problems. <laughs> they come out with problems. Let's identify a couple of the problems that you're going to face as a parent with your children all right number one laziness lazyism 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 sloth okay your kids are going to be lazy as hell a lot of them aren't going to want to do a damn thing they're like i don't want to do that i don't want to learn i don't want to try to learn i don't want to go to school i don't want to do no chores i don't want to listen i don't want to get no job Okay, there. This is going to be a lot of kids. They have no dreams or aspirations. Many of them just want to be social media famous, if that. Many of them just want to play video games. Many of them don't want to compete. You tried to sign them up for all the sports. Your kid has two left feet. Your kids suck at sports. You tried to sign them up for piano class. They don't want to do the piano. They don't want to do the frustration of doing the instrument. They have no interest in any of that. They can get hot on that video game or they can write a couple of raps for their SoundCloud music catalog. They might be able to do some of those things, but they ain't trying to do too much. What do you do then? You realize you're going to be in trouble with this kid and they're going to show these signs very, very early. 
right around seven or eight years old. Most of the stuff that you're going to get out of them, you're just going to try to encourage them. Oh, do just a little bit better. Just a little bit better. You could try. Go ahead. They're going to be at the soccer game, stumbling and fumbling all over themselves. The team going to leave their ass behind. You got the slow, fat, uh, out of shape, two left foot kid. Oh, Johnny, try. Come on, Johnny, try. The coach don't put them in the game. And then you're going to be yelling at the coach. I thought this was equal playing time. Your kid get in uh, left outfield. Your kid get in. They're the defender in the back uh, of the soccer team. They never run up and kick the ball or nothing. Can he play up in the forward position? Nope. Send his ass back to defense. All right. And then every game, about five times a game, his ass got to show up and stop the ball. Come on, John. Oh, shit. It's going back to the defender. Oh, Johnny, come on. Oh, we got all the gully. Got all. All right. That's your kid. And you just got a your kid crying. <laughs> I never get in the game. He'll never do. And you know good and damn well he sucks. You know good and damn well he sucks. Your kid can't dribble. Your kid is short and built like a dwarf and overweight. He ain't going to play point guard anytime soon. He ain't going to play power forward. Uh, just go in there and get the rebound, son. Go in, hey, and when you get the rebound, if you shoot that damn thing, I'm taking you out. Go get the rebound. Go get the ball. Hey, hey, get the rebound. Hey, pass it. Pass it to Brady. Pass it to Brady. Pass it to Brady. Pass it to Brady. That's your kid. Okay. And you're going to go to all the games. You're going to cut up all the apples and orange slices. You're going to come in, show up. Uh, your kid going to get penalized for not coming to practice. Uh, all of that ish. <laughs> That's your kids. Your kid's going to get into martial arts. Somebody just said that. Um, pass it to Tyrone. Pass it to Tyrone. Pa 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 pass it to Tyrone. Why you shoot the ball? Why you shoot the ball? You know every play go to Tyrone. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, somebody said, get your kids in martial arts. Your kid go to martial arts, and they start sparring, and your kid all in the corner next to the wall like this. <laughs> uh, my kids are black belts in Taekwondo, so I've been through those classes where the kid, kid – the parent just putting them in there, getting the sparring the kid like this here. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> against the girls, too. The girls sparring against them. He like, <laughs> I see that, too, bro. Hey, so what if you do this? You put your kids into all of this stuff and your kid just coming out just a lovable loser. Just a lovable loser. Ain't going nowhere. Average in school. Okay. What if? And they don't have no no um no aspirations to be better than where they are. All right, but they're good at their video games. What do you do? They're good at scrolling their phone. What do you do? <laughs> this is what happens. Um, and uh, that's just the end. That's not even the end of it. That's not even the end of it. Your kid is just remarkably average, and that's the best you're going to get out of them. They're probably going to just be a clerk at CVS or Rite Aid or Thrifties. They're probably going to bag groceries for about 28 till they figure it out. And you'll be just, just go along. You had to motivate them just to do that. Mm. What about other things? What about other things? What about this right here? Obesity. Uh, we did the obesity percentages. What about this? ADHD. Over the past 20 years, the percentage of children with ADHD nearly has doubled. Nearly has, has nearly doubled. And uh, obviously, the rise has been seen more in minority groups. We can talk about how a lot of these people are being funneled to these programs. A lot of these people are, you know, they start off in social services because these people are poor 
And then all of a sudden, these people say, maybe you should have your kid sign up for this. And then they all get a government kickback. You get a kickback for the parent. And then these kids get to get extra time on a test. Mm. Let's look at the data here. Look at the data over the last 20 years. In the late 1990s, 7.2% of non-Hispanic white children, 4.7% of non-Hispanic black children. Um, and I don't know where they come up with these damn <laughs> segments uh dane calloway would have a field day with this and 3.6 percent of hispanic children were diagnosed with adhd fast forward to 2016 and now 12 percent of white kids uh 12 percent of black kids and six percent of hispanic kids where are the asian kids at mm. they ain't got no adhd then <laughs> where they at and so this is going to stem from uh, this is going to stem from a lot of more people being exposed to these type of things and the parentage, the way people are raising kids. Two parent, two parents working is absolutely ridiculous, by the way. So I could focus on my career. Oh, uh, with that being said, does your parent <clears throat> or your co-parent or your mate agree with staying home with the kids and raising the kids and educating the kids? Or does she see that as a setback? Well, I'm more than that. Does she see her time um, raising the kids? as um complaining about it oh i hate doing this and i hate raising kids the hardest job in the world i'm better than this i was a i was an accountant before i used to do all of this and i used to serve multiple masters now i'm serving my kids and i hate it mommy wine time constant complaints can't have this can't discipline the kids the kids run all over the mama she can't homeschool the kid because she can't even discipline the kid are you on one accord with that? Or is she just going to skedaddle off to her accounting job? Well, I bring home on the paycheck too. Meanwhile, the kids are obese, ADHD, can't, can't, can't figure out how they're getting picked up to go to practice and extracurricular activities, tutoring and whatnot. All right. And so what the parents are doing is avoiding parentage and they're pushing that on to the public school indoctrination camp. And the public school indoctrination camp has said, yep, we'll educate your kids and then we'll make the kids out to be what we want them to be. Right. This is what's happening. In order for the mom or the dad to raise the kid, they got to drug them. ADHD, they got to put them on all kind of Ritalin, drug them. In order for the teacher to get through the, the day, they got to drug the kid. And so this is what a lot of parents are deciding to do with their kids. Instead of raising them, they drug them. And here's the statistics again when you look at what people are doing here. Uh, these people need uh, drugs just to make it through the learning experience. This has nothing to do with the mental health experience. So when you talk about mental health of teenagers, it's off the chart. A lot of these kids don't know how to even identify themselves, and they're given options. You got 150 genders to switch from. You can pick from this and pick from this sexuality and this gender. You can pick from this. A lot of kids can't push their way through school. Any slight amount of pressure that you put on your kid. Hey, uh, Johnny, you got a 3.0. Damn, if you got like a 3.6. We could get your ass into school. We could get you on a good uh, career path. If you do that in today's culture, your kids are going to have a nervous breakdown. Your kids are going to say you're abusing them. Your kids are going to say, you don't love me. I'm trying as hard as I can. You don't even love me. That's what they're going to say. There's kids that delete themselves. Because their parents are putting too much expectation on them. And I could go into it. There's a kid 
there's a kid who deleted himself. And so kids know now they can hold the, de I'll delete myself over you. Well, you know, they used to do this. I'll hold my breath. I don't want to eat my SpaghettiOs. You know, the kick and scream, the, 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 all of the, uh, the, the pounding on the floor. Now teenagers know because they're more aware that people will back off if you say, I'll delete myself. Kids now use that as a means to control your parentage. So they'll say, uh, going back to the kid, somebody says, I'll call their bluff. Yeah, um, again, if you're in a two-parent stable household, you can call their bluff. If you're in a co-parent divorce family, you're going to be the abuser. Because if you say, I'll call your bluff, then the other parent's going to say, they don't even care about mental health. Now the kids, mm. I'm telling you, man, <laughs> telling you. Sometimes you'd be like, I'll throw the whole damn kid, the whole damn kid away. So what they're doing is the kids are now holding the parents hostage. And there's been some cases of kids deleting themselves. And I'll show you the data here. But there was this one kid who played. I don't want to get too specific. Is uh, he played on the baseball team. He was an athlete. Actually, there was another girl from Stanford, a soccer player, deleted herself. Deleted herself. She was a soccer team, like an all-American soccer player. And she was just like, I'm out. But um, there's this kid in the high school that we used to live near. He deleted himself in a in a park on a baseball field that he played little uh pony or what do they call it? Little league baseball. And he was on the baseball team in his high school. He had a tough class, a, a Spanish teacher, and um and um his parents knew nothing. They were married. I don't I think they no, no, they were divorced. I think they were divorced. I can't remember. And uh, he went out on a baseball field middle of the middle of the night, woke up, went out there, stabbed himself in the heart and died right there on the baseball field. So <clears throat> and they found him, I guess it was little league season. And then they came out for the games next week and his ass was out there on the field. I remember that day I drove right by the park. So what happened was. He wrote a letter blaming the baseball coach and the Spanish teacher and he put a lot of blame on a bunch of people for deleting himself and kind of like the, these parents are putting too much pressure on their kids to excel and to be going to certain colleges. And I can't take it no more. He couldn't take it no more. And he, he literally deleted himself. So with that being said, once that happens, the school's going to go into some lockdown and trauma and counseling and all of that stuff for the rest of the kids. And the rest of the kids are going to learn, wow, it's a way out, number one, or it's a way to at least get my parents to back off of me. So if I want my parents to back off of me discipline-wise, if I want my parents to back off of me education-wise, if I want them to back off, I can just tell them I'm going to delete. Mm. Right? So this is what they learn when kids go through this particular trauma they'll learn how to this is a method. So this is what this is what teenagers today when they go to when they go to school they're being experiencing these things, right? They see them on TikTok, they see these things happen to kids on Instagram. They share these experiences with each other. They go back and forth, "Oh, I hate my parents. Oh, my parents are doing this." Guys, your your teenagers most of the time will not have your back. <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know. I'm just letting y'all know. Y'all think y'all going to be the cool parents. Y'all think y'all going to be the parents, everybody. Your teenage friends will love you. But your teenage, this thing about when we were teenagers, 
we hated like we hated our parents. You know what I mean? We hated the sound of their voice. We didn't even want to see them like, oh, don't talk to me. You're in a you're in a school. Uh, you're getting driven to school by your parent. You got hair. You don't even want to listen to them. So you guys, you guys believe your teenagers are going to love you and have your back. It's not going to be the case. <laughs> it's not going to be the case. For the most part, your teenager will not want to listen to you anymore. Yeah, they're going to be moody, moody, hormonal, horny, um, going through uh, most of the crises that they go through seem like the end of the world. Uh, dating, they're going to start dating or being um, interested in girls and boys. They're going to go through the ups and downs of that. Their friendships are their most important thing because the parents no longer have the day-to-day -day communication with them. Their friends know everything more than the parents know. So you think, you think your kids are going to be, oh, my mom and my dad. They're not. <laughs> you, they're not. You're lucky to have a long, good conversation with them once a week to debrief them on the bullshit. And they're going to stonewall your ass. They're going to be like, yep, nope, yep, yep, nope, and I'm out. Skedaddle. <laughs> but in your mind, you think, oh, my kids are going to love me and I'm going to be super cool. That, it's not the case. And now add on the fact that you might not even be where you want to be financially, right? Because you're going, damn, I my kid needs this and my kid needs that. My kids need this. My kids need that. My wife needs this. My girlfriend needs that. Uh, you're going through all of this. You're so focused on getting your money right that you're completely missing all of the um, the red flags in your teenage life. You're missing the red flags because you're just, okay, how's kid? How was, how was school? How was school? You did your homework? Okay, good. All right, and now you go back to work. What if you have a two-parent household where both of you guys work and you don't get home until 5, 30, 6 o'clock and you walk in and your house smell like weed and badussy and gunfire? <laughs> You're like, what the, what the hell's been going on here? Smell like graffiti, gunfire, badussy, weed, vape. You go in your kid's room and it's a big sign on the door. Do not enter. <laughs> you walk up in there. What the hell going on in here? How's it? How's your day, son? Son, look up at you. It smell like old. It smell like uh. It smell like Lubriderm lotion, and um. <laughs> it smell like Lubriderm. You walk in your son room, and all you hear on the thing. You walk in the door. What the hell going on? Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Put all this away right here. What is going on, Daddy? What's what's up, Dad? <laughs> hey man how was your day man you gonna knock before you come in my door what the hell you go into your daughter's room and she got half naked videos she taking her videos like this she like she in there like this do you walk in the door hey what the hell going on here <laughs> she on tiktok dancing for older men she got a whole damn only fan she in there that's your legacy <laughs> That's your legacy. And that's what happens when you come home for work. Your mama and your daddy, y'all focusing on career. So I could focus on my career. Y'all come home 5 36 o'clock, shovel some fast food in their mouth, take them to practice, pick them up, drop them off. That's that's your parentage right there. That's your parentage. 
Y'all not going to be having one happy family and sitting down for meals and all of that stuff. Because one kid's going to have practice at four to six. The other kid's going to have practice from six to nine. And all you're doing is shuffling them back and forth. Hey, I'm just letting you know, this is the real, this is the real reality. Forget all that fantasy stuff that you have in your head. This is the reality of all parents. You're facing one or the other. You're facing something like that. If your kids are in sports, they're struggling in their sports. You guys know how sports were if you were an athlete. You had your good days and you had a bunch of bad days. You had the conditioning days. You had the day where the coach was on your ass. You had the day where the coach was praising you. You had the days where you didn't get as much minutes as you wanted. And then now you have a, hi, kid. Hi, son. How's it going? No. Son pissed the hell off. He don't want to, he tired of you and he tired of coach. He tired of the whole damn school system. What kid wants to go to school? Think about this. And they got to go to school on a damn, damn repetitive basis. You hated school when you were 10 to uh, 18. But you were expecting these kids to be like, I love school, dad. And I love the extra tutoring you're giving me. And I love the fact that you have foresight and you're giving me the blue chip mindset. Please. They don't care. They don't care. They like, stop bothering me. Leave me the hell alone. Let me go decompress. Stop stressing me the hell out. Give me money. Feed me. (laughs) That's what they thinking about. They're not thinking about, man, my future is all good. My father and my mother are taking care of my future. They They don't care. They're not looking at that. They don't have any foresight or vision towards that. Most of them don't. Most of your kids are remarkably average. And they're going to be remarkably average with no foresight or vision, period. Let's talk about this. How about this? Look at Elon Musk. Somebody just mentioned it. Elon Musk's billionaire daughter cut ties with her father. This is becoming very popular because a lot of us are seen as old people who are out of touch with their reality. Their reality There's a bunch of genders and a bunch of uh, ways that they can fornicate with each other. They can just experiment through life. Um, They can use you for your money and cut ties, change the whole name and all of that stuff. Uh, Kids are seeing this and they're wanting to do this. (laughs) They're wanting to do this, bro. Now, we didn't have this type of thing. We might have had emancipation from our family at 16, which was a bigger threat. But now these kids are using up their 18 years and they're throwing up the big middle finger at you as a parent. So here's your blue chip kids. Here's your rich kids. And your poor kids are wishing that they can do this, but they're somehow financially tied. And the daughter comes out and says, I'm a transgender daughter. So I don't know what that means. I believe it was a son then transitioned to a daughter. I don't even know what happens here. And she says right here, she applied to legally change her name and gender, saying she no longer wants to be, quote, related to my biological father in any way, shape, or form. 18-year-old has asked to be recognized as a female and have the name Vivian Jenna Wilson. She was known as Xavier Alexander Musk. And so this is just recently right here, where... um. Um, you provide, 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 provide. You do your job, okay? You do your job as a parent. You do your job as a parent. And then public school or whatever social so, uh, social influence 
get your kids to do whatever the hell they want. Mm. Now, Dwayne Wade has done something similar. Dwayne Wade went, um, has done this, and his decision was to, I support my kid through this period of the kid's life. And everybody says, you go, you, you do that. I'm not saying you should support him or not. It's your kid. It's going to be your relationship with your kid through their adult years. As you guys know, most of these kids are going to fall on their ass in their adult years. So you know they're coming back. <laughs> you know they're coming back. With that being said, are you going to let them say, are you going to say, go, all right, kid, kiss my ass and have a good life? Or are you going to say, I'll be there to support you? Or are you going to say, well, you know, I'm just here for you, but, you know, I, I, what are you going to say? This is what you better decide. You better have your stuff programmed. This stuff is, it, 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 I've experienced this, but I've experienced the whole, well, I'm going to go move with my mom, my mother, and then on the way out, well, kiss my ass. All right. So then I had to immediately go, okay, well, this is going to be my position moving forward. Good luck. Mm. Not a lot of people can disown and wash their hands of their kids. Many people want to disown their kids, but then society is going to say, how dare you disown your own kid who disowned you and or embarrassed you and or cut you off? It's just the kid. They, you, they're going to need you. You're going to miss out on X, Y, and Z. Well, some people can say, well, kiss my ass. All right, I did what I was supposed to do. <laughs> right? So you got you to gotta decide what type of person you're going to be. Are you going to be swayed by the court of public opinion and say, well, just parent them the way the kid wants you to parent them. <laughs> just parent them the way the kid wants you to parent them. I'm going to tell you what. That's no way to parent. That's no way to parent. I can't parent that way. Wait, you mean the kid gets to set all the rules? Wait a minute. Hold on for a second. The kid gets to call all the shots? And I'm supposed to just do what? Bend over and take it and pass the money out? Is that what I'm supposed to do? So some people want you to do that in weakness. And the reason why they want you to do this, Marxism. They want to destroy the family. And they know no other way. Oddly enough, women are the ones that are going to be more on board of that, on board with that, because that removes all the protector and the masculinity. That removes the guy that says, hey, man, no, no, I'm going to set the rules. What they do is say, let's remove that. Let's remove the masculinity. Let's remove the threat. And then. We'll see what happens. And then ultimately, they have no solution for you. They have no solution for the child. It's just wing it. Well, wherever the emotion goes, that's where the that's where the parentage goes. That's where the kid goes. That's where the life goes. They just want everybody to just emotion their way through things. And it's not going to work. So I take the stance of this. Well, if you want all my parentage, you got to do what I tell you to do. If I'm going to be responsible for you, you got to do what I tell you to do. If you want to do what you want to do, you remove the parentage. You remove the protector. You remove all of this. I'm not going to let you wing it in life. <laughs> and then open up my wallet in the end. And then pay for you 10 years down the line when you floundering and failing in life. See, if you would have followed the plan, you probably would have been okay. But I get it. It's too much for you. So this is, this, this is, this is, the future of raising kids. People are like, nah, not really. Even Elon Musk, <laughs> even Elon Musk's daughter or son is saying, the hell with you and sticking up the middle finger. 
let me do some some more. <laughs> let me go through some more um super chats. Let me go through some more super chats. So you guys are painting a rosy picture of parentage. Trust me, I've gone through 16, 17 years of parentage. I love my kids. And I'm the experiences that I'm sharing with you are just not with me. Trust me. I've been a part of PTAs. I've been working at school campuses all my life. All right. From age 18, I've been on a part of school campuses all my life. So I have the experience of raising other people's kids, coaching them. I have the experience of coaching young kids that were my children's age. I coach my kids soccer, football, and basketball teams. And a little bit of my son played Little League Baseball for a year. So I've done all of that. I've done all of that. I've island hopped. I've seen kids and I've seen kids grow up. I've seen parents. So it's just not my experience. I'm telling you what most parents are dealing with. Now, tack on top of that, divorce, co-parenting. Tack on top of that, single motherhood, single fatherhood. Tack on top of that, henpeck husbands who are just a paycheck. And when they try to parent, the wife interferes. Tack on top of that, all of that, this obesity, gender, genderism, racism, poverty, moody-ass kids, hormones. <laughs> Tack on top of that, all of that, bro. And that ain't even the half. That's what parenting is. It's not just, <laughs> he says, I flew myself the path. Add all of that and add your no talent, have an ass kid. Gang banging, social media, teenage pregnancy, drugs, ADHD, drugs, drugging them, uh, depression, stress, suicide. Add it, add it to it. And I'm telling you, that's the real portrait of parentage. Teenage years. Toddler years. Sorry, let me get to these contributions. And you want to ask me about being a parent. It's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. But you guys are going into it with blinders on. 100%. Liberal teachers. The cost of education. The cost of raising kids. Anyway, bullying. Yeah, bullying. <laughs> All of that stuff. Your kid is the bully or your kid is getting bullied. Come on, man. True Black says it's insane how people will rustle up 5 to 10% for a car, but will say nothing in preparation for a child. They say they wanted to raise. Now they start off in a deficit and expect the community to help them F them kids. How about that? How about the fact that most of your kids get to 18 and you can't even give them either money for college, money for trade school, and or money for seed money to start a business. Or you can't pass a business on to them. Absolutely nothing. These people get to college, college age, and your kids starting over with zero. Zip. Mm. Shout out to True Black. They starting over in debt. They already starting off life in debt. And then you hit them with the, all the institutional racism and all of this other bullshit. You brought them into this. You brought them into this. Don't blame all that institutional racism. You born them into this system. This is the system you wanted to bore them, uh, bore them into. What are we talking about here? You made the choice to bring them into this institutional bullcrap in this gender and all of this stuff. Now don't make excuses for them when you didn't do anything to help them. 
Chairman Mo, everything you said is right on the spot when it comes to legacy and family. Family, so many people with kids when they are uh so many people have kids when they are not ready for it. Many parents are dysfunctional, absolutely, and you're weak as parentage. And he says, and they don't and they don't build proper households and family structures for child rearing and have all kinds of other problems. Like, uh, this is why so many teachers have left Canada, US, and the UK, and et cetera, and decided to hit the road and teach overseas. The modern parents shaking my head. The modern parents are an absolute catastrophe. Starting with co-parenting, starting with the divorce, you guys honestly think you can have healthy kids in divorce culture. There's no way. Mm. Not with you competing with the kids. I'm going to go over co-parenting here in a minute. Okay, but you guys are destroying your kids. Somebody's trying to be the cool parent. Somebody's trying to be the hero. Somebody's trying to parent with love only. And no money, no structure, right? That's all you got. Well, it's about having a loving household. No, it's not. You need some money. You need some structure. You need some discipline. Well, the disciplinarian is the one the kid's going to hate. Your kid going to hate you no matter what, <laughs> right? Come on, man. All these people, are you worried about being friends with your kids or what? My whole point about having kids is not to be my, y'all ain't supposed to be my friend. If my kids are my friend, I've, I'm a failure in life. I failed in life. I mean, I failed in my social setting. You know what I mean? Like, my social setting so pissy that my kids are my friends. <laughs> You're 45, 50 years old with an 18-year-old as a friend. Loser. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Loser. Your kids supposed to spread their wings and fly away. Get the hell away from you. They ain't supposed to be your buddy. What the hell? Like, this is my opinion of it. You don't have to share my opinion. I think that's loser bullshit. And it's codependency. To me, it reeks of codependency. Because you're going absolutely nowhere in life. You got to reach back. To 16, 17 year and 18 year olds to be friends with. Hold on for a second. I think it's retardedness. I mean, for an adult, it's adult retardation. Like you ain't supposed to be buddy buddy with your damn kids. It's codependent. And you're disabling your kid in order to please you. Oh man. I mean, I think it's sad. Well, my kid loves me. So what? And they don't they don't love you. They're using you probably. <laughs> Weak ass parents. Oh, my kid is about love. Man, please. Shout out to uh who is this in here? Mr. Taylor in the building. He says, Coach, you always keep it 100 while entertaining and educating. Much respect. Yes, indeed. Much respect. Like I'm a I on my mother's side, I'm a single, I'm a single child. Like I'm a, her only child. But what was I going to do? Kick it with my mom? I moved the hell out at 19. I was like, I love my moms, man, but I don't need to be kicking it with her. When I see her, I see her. Hey, mama, how are you? You good? Hi. Hi. Yeah, we. I catch up with life with her. I hit her. You know, she catches up with life for me, and then that's it. <laughs> All right. Sounds like you're doing good, mom. Have a good day. Go see your friends. Go play bingo. Go do whatever the hell you want to do. I'm not going with you. <laughs> Y'all be going to the movies with your mama. 
<laughs> hey, mama, you want to go to the movies? I can see that every now and then. You know what I mean? Like, let me take mom's out for Mother's Day. Yeah, come on. Let's go to the movies. You know, take her to the matinee. Y'all get, get a big old box of popcorn, mama, on your son. Thank you, baby. Hey, yeah, thank you, baby. You love your mama. I love you. All right. Hey, did you like the movie? You like the movie? Good. Go on on back home to your nursing home. Bye. All right. Go back in life. I hope y'all, I hope you got a good church. I hope you got a good friendship circle, but it ain't going to be me. I'm not kicking it with you. I kicked it with you until age 18 and I'm done in life. I'm done. Y'all are trying to be best friends with your parents and all this stuff. When I go to my dad's house, well, how's it going, dad? I see him from like once every three years. I love my dad too. Hey, dad, how's it going? Good. Everything's good. Yep. Oh, I see you working on the house here. Oh, that's fantastic. I'll come out and give you a hand. Give me a let, let me know. My dad be doing some projects. He be like, I stripped off all the siding. I'm like, dad, what the hell are you doing? Sit down. I'm like, don't you know you can pay somebody for that? <laughs> My dad be starting stuff for no reason. I went to his house. He didn't have stripped out the whole side of the house. I was like, I was like, who did this with you? Oh, it was just me. <laughs> I, was like, what the I was like, man, come sit down. Come sit down. I catches up with my pops. <laughs> What's up, pops? Everything good? Yep. Just like I ain't seen them in five years. And then I jet. If you don't sit your ass down, he all up on the ladder at the top, all the way to the roof. I'm looking up. What you doing? <laughs> they bored. I'm like, bro, would you get down off the ladder? You too old to be up there, man. <laughs> That's how I'm going to be too. My son going to look up. This dude lost it. This dude lost it. He up in there. I'm going to be hanging from the chandelier, all of that stuff with junior college girls around. My son going to come in. I'm going to be <laughs> tagging junior college. <laughs> oh my goodness where are we at here uh, a couple more parent powell says plan uh please plan a men's retreat to, uh in vegas oh man we need to do that as one of these days we're gonna do that uh put up a poll harold l says who has and doesn't want or want kids okay yeah we'll do that we'll do that yeah that'll give me a good indication of what we're looking at mr johnson says as a dad you will be enemy before you are an ally especially if you are any sort of masculine dad or a dad that is a disciplinary dad, they're going to handcuff you, all right? They're going to handcuff you. They'll be all up at the school dragging your name in the dirt. Only if, I mean, this is if your co-parent is combative. If your co-parent needs you, feels like, hey, man, we, we need this for the kids, then that's the only way it'll fly. But other than that, you'll be an enemy before an ally. And in today's culture, you'll be an enemy. Uh, first of all, most people grow up without a father. Second of all, if there's a father present, they're going to interfere with that father. Because most kids are most kids grow up without a father. And if the father is a half-ass father, it's easier for them to deal with that than a disciplinarian father. They rather have you be a complete half-ass father, right? Like in the, in the context of my father just goes to work. I don't know what he does for a living, but the bills get paid. He travels for work. He's barely there. He barely speaks to me. When he gets home, he puts the newspaper up 
and um, he doesn't listen to me and he doesn't care about life. They'd rather you be that <laughs> than to come in and be like, I'm scared of my daddy. He come in like a tornado. He come in here and he start disciplining all our ass and we have to line up, sir. Yes, sir. All right. They don't want no parts of that. They want no parts of that. They, they will fight that tooth and nail. <laughs> they going to put the end to the kibosh to that. And at, be, at best, the stepdaddy, uh, daddy, oh, the Jackson Five father. Yeah, they, they like, um, lo, like, think of all the fathers that they trashed recently that were like, I don't know, Joe Jackson would be the one to start with. LeVar Ball, LeVar, LeVar Ball, LeVar Ball is the other father. And they were trashing even um, John Moran's dad. So these dads were the, the, the disciplinarian. They were the authoritarian. And they were the active dad. They were actually there with the kid. The media trashed him. <laughs> trashed. You know who they praised? Dwayne Wade. Yeah, Earl Woods, Earl Tiger Woods, dad. <laughs> All that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but the LeVar Ball was the dad. He was braggadocious. He was like, it's my way or the highway. This is what my kids are going to do. And he had somewhat, he, he, he could show he had success doing what he wanted to do with the kids. The mother played the background. You barely even seen or heard about the mom until she had a health issue. He protected the mom away from all of the limelight, put the limelight all on himself, and they was killing the guy. They was just trashing the guy. They had a, they was out there. Oh, Richard Williams. For a long time, they trashed Richard, Richard Williams. He's out there and he's out there in front and he's pushing the kids and he's telling them what to do. They were trying their best to remove Richard Williams from the daughter's life. And he was the one that put him out there. He was the one in Compton with a tennis bracket, right? Hit the ball. He did that for about five good years before he put him to the, um, to the circuit. And they trashed him. They trashed him. So this is what we're talking about. It's the type of stuff that we're talking about here. You think you're going to be the dad that's going to come out there and teach your kids how to shoot basketballs and and um, have free reign over them? Nah. Nah. In the end, they're just going to find a way for you to take the back seat. Even if your kids achieve success, they're going to be like, all right, now sit down. They're talking about Beyonce's dad. Just sit down now, dad. You're doing too much. and But you've done all the groundwork to get them there. It's crazy. So it's it's basically what you're as a father. This is what you have to look for. You're not going to be able to um, just have free reign over the kids. At some particular point, they're going to sit you down. And you're going to be like, you're doing too much. Newski says, my girlfriend didn't take plan B. He says, I gave her. Oh, take the plan B that I gave her. I'm mad right now. <laughs> oh, well, she got your nut now. She got your nut. Good luck. Uh, where we at? Sheldon uh, says even Elon Musk couldn't protect this kid from the BS. Yeah, it's this is what you got. got yeah, even Elon Musk, who had all the money in the world to be able to say, ah, I don't want you exposed to that, was exposed to it. Suburban parents as well. You know, we talk about ghetto parents and poor parents and all of it. Suburban parents are very much, um, they're very much going to be exposed to this. And this is how it works, because typically suburban parents 
are conservative. And so they're going to have conservative values. And the reason why is because of the economics. So the economics is going to make sense for them to be conservative. And what's going to happen is their kids, if they go to public school, they're going to have liberal minds, right? So liberal minded people typically are going to be young. For young people, they're they're a little bit more, we should help people. And like their paychecks don't, they don't see most of their paycheck go, go to the government. They don't understand how that works. So they're going to be like, why don't we help poor people? And why don't we help single mothers? And why don't we help drug addicts? And why don't we help the homeless? And their mind is a simple solution. Give homeless people houses. <laughs> right? They're like, why do we have this golf course in our neighborhood? Why don't we put houses here next to our rich, uh, our million dollar houses and let the poor people live here? That's how that's how young suburban liberal minds work, right? They think that's the solution. And then you're like, well, you can't put poor housing here uh, because this is a rich neighborhood. You can't you can't give these people houses because they're they're homeless, but it's not because they don't have a house. It's because mental health, drugs, divorce, war, war veterans. Uh, there's a whole bunch of reason why these people are homeless. It's not just because they don't have a house. And so then when you say if you just give it to them, they're going to destroy it. So then you're going to have this battle between liberalism and conservatism. Uh, conservatism. And if your kid goes all the way full libtard, I mean, they go full liberal on their conservative parents, then it's going to be a problem. It's going to create um, it's going to create animosity between the parents. And it's going to be a little cultural political war in the house. And then thus, then the parent, the, the, the kid wants to distinguish themselves from the racist, sexist, old, old thinking, rich, conservative family, right? <laughs> and your kid's going to come back, purple hair, nose ring, protesting, and they're going to come back to the comforts of your house in suburbia, in gated community, and they're going to put their money in their paw out, ask you for it. They're going to ask you for the nice car. They're going to ask you for the college fund, and then they're going to go out and squander it until they get a real job. Then they get a real job, and then they realize all of their money is going away to taxes to help the same people, but they're not going to realize it until 10 years later. <laughs> mm. They're not going to realize it. And then they'll go, wait a minute, dad, why, am, why is half of my paycheck gone? Why do I pay taxes to this? Shit, remember when you were a kid and you wanted to give all these people houses and fix all the poverty? That's where it went. <laughs> but they will cause all kind of dissension and stress in your house for a good decade of adulthood of not understanding it, right? And then they want to move downtown to the good hippie neighborhood. I'm going to move to the good hippie neighborhood and your kid's going to want to move downtown and then a riot's going to come through their neighborhood. And they're going to be like, I was scared. The riot came through, but they were all cool downtown and somewhere in the middle of uh, Minneapolis in that little cool little downtown city. They were down in Seattle. They were down in the middle of Austin, Texas. They were down there in the middle of um, uh, all the cool cultural zones in Brooklyn, New York. They went and moved to West Los Angeles and they thought it was cool until all their stuff got set on fire. <laughs> yeah, they went down to Portland, Oregon, and then it took them a whole full decade and a half to realize cuz then they'll get married and want to start families. And then the first thing they do is they run from Portland, Oregon. They run from Los Angeles. They give up all that hippie culture and then they go back to conservatism. <laughs> Is that the word conservatism? 
But this is what the problems are in conservative neighborhoods or uh, wealthy neighborhoods. Their kids rebel, rebel, rebel. Then they get hit with a bit of reality. Then they start doing these good nonprofit jobs for a little bit and they can't pay off their debt. Then they come back to daddy. Hey, you got a job open in your company, daddy? I'm only making $50,000 a year at this nonprofit, but you got a company, daddy. Yeah, you mean the company you damn near destroyed 10 years ago with your little liberal mindset? Now my company's barely making it, and or I'm making it. Now you want a job at my company right at the top in the corner office. Hell no. Mm. Screw you. <laughs> you mad at hell at them. you like, screw you. They come in, yeah, face covered with tattoos, tattoos all in your neck. Dad, you think I can get an executive job at your company? Hell no, you can't get no... <laughs> <laughs> so this is what this is what conservative and suburban families go through their kids are a wreck they looking they come in looking like um they come in looking like that damn whatever that white dude is the singer rapper i can't remember his name off the top of my head yeah fresh out of rehab fresh out of freaking rehab fresh out of uh fresh out of single motherhood Oh, man, life ain't worked out, daddy. It's hard out here. I'm an adult. I realized the errors of my ways when I was younger. Your kid done destroyed half of your life. What's his name? Post Malone. Yeah, come out looking like Post Malone. All right. Hey, dad, you think I can get a job now at your business? <laughs> Shit. Post Malone, where is he at? That's what happens after your kid done smoked out, smoked up all the weed. Smoked out everybody. This is what your kid come back. Dad, uh, you know, I I figured out life. Uh, I'd like to listen to you and get some mentorship. Uh, you think I can get a job at your company? Nope. <laughs> yeah, that's what your kid looked like. You were like, uh, kid, it's over for you, man. You messed up. You didn't listen. Oh, man. All right, so let's talk about co-parenting real quick. Uh, this is going to be reality for a lot of you guys having kids. Co-parenting is going to be sold at, uh, to you as a great way to raise kids. We do have another PayPal. Let me acknowledge the brother real quick. It's uh, no government name, please. He says, CGA, um, I impregnated a 42-year-old divorcee with two kids. How do I avoid having to pay for her kids and still provide for my child? Whoa. Their father is paying child support and sees them every other weekend. Keep up the great work, brother. Appreciate you for this question. And so I will give you an indication of these. These are the type of standard. These are the type of relationships people are getting into. And then it's only when they have their kids. And so this is the process of when I'm going to tell you about having kids. They have this situation and then they see how unfavorable it is to them. So. Uh, first of all, if you have a kid with a woman, doesn't mean you're going to raise them. Odds are another man could be raising these kids in this case. This is the situation. So you have kids. By the time they're five, six, seven, eight, nine, or 10, you get a divorce or you break up with the mother. And another man sees the kids more than you. That's very common. Very common. In this situation here, he put himself in a situation that now, she, since she was a single mother, she now is going to have his kid. He has to figure out how he's going to provide a life for his kids without having to provide that for her other kids, which the mother's not going to distinguish. She's not going to separate what 
what your child is getting and she's not going to be able to deal with the other child not getting that. Say, for instance, you want your kids to go to private school. <clears throat> but her kids from her previous relationship goes to public school. You're going to say to her, well, here's the deal, lady. My kid is going to be raised this way in this religion with this education with X, Y, and Z. She's not going to deal with the fact that you're going to have that her kid with you is going to have a separate way of lifestyle and her kids over here are going to be in poverty. She's not going to deal with that. So the best thing she's probably going to do is interfere with your parentage because she's not going to, I mean, she's got to interfere and get all of these kids on one accord. So she's got to get you removed from that. She's got to get you removed from the parentage and they could do that with ease with the snap of a finger. She just take your ass down though. She just praying mantis you take you down to court and then just get you removed. Now, you might not be removed 100%, but you'll be removed enough for her to just sway the opinion of, of uh, sway your opinion and make it tough. She can challenge you. She can throw up all kinds of roadblocks and flares. She could get married to another man, right? She can find another man and move that man into your house. There goes the roadblock right there, right? Excuse me. So you're not going to, yes, you're not going to take your kid out to France in Six Flags and the other kids aren't going to go. I mean, you can do that if you want. But what she will do is say, damn, my kid, you know, my kids are feeling a certain type of way. Well, why don't I just not let this kid go to Six Flags? As opposed to letting this one go and coming back going, I got McDonald's. You know what I mean? Your kid coming back with McDonald's. And these kids eating, you know, she went, they she making homemade hamburgers for these kids. <laughs> it ain't gonna happen, bro. So she'll she rather let that kid not have anything with the other kids as opposed to you giving your kids a great life and not the other kids. I'm telling you, bro, she going to sabotage all that. Yeah, they got dino chicken nuggles, dino chicken nuggets, and you got McDonald's. You got the you got the damn hamburger meat with the split ass. Yeah, it ain't going to happen. So this is what we got right there. It's crazy. But here's what you have to think about. Let's go back to co-parenting. That's a co-parenting situation that's going to be a nightmare for two decades, ladies and gentlemen. Two decades. Nightmare. Let me see here. Let's go back to statistics here. We'll look at this. It says the data related to, um, it says right here, it says right here, gender stereotypes impacting custody decisions. There's a stat out there that says nearly 90% of women are awarded custody. And they say, but they also fail to show that 60% of men get custody in contested cases. So what they're trying to say is most of the time the women get custody, they're non-contested. All right, so the men don't even show up or they don't contest. They just say to hell with it. They wash their hands or they just settle for being the Disneyland daddy. Says right here, similarly, in just half of all divorce cases, the parents mutually decide that the mother will take the custody role. So a lot of times the father just says, you raise the kids. I'm going to go out here and slay peace leave. Okay. <laughs> That's what happens. 
the dad says, I don't have time. Um, most dads can't do a 50-50 custody agreement. You just don't have the time. If you're working, you don't have the time to pick up the kids from school. I was fortunate enough to be able to do that and organize my work schedule around that. But um, it's very much of a challenge. And I actually made less money. I actually chose to make less money during those years just to keep up the 50-50 schedule. But it is definitely something that's not going to work for your favorite. Now, women can't keep up with it either, especially if they're broken up. But they are more going to be able to lean on their parents, their grandparents, relatives, after school, daycare, all of these other things that they're going to put their kids in as opposed to give you parenting time. Not give you as opposed to lit to uh, share the kids with you, not give you. She has no authority to give you a damn thing. She don't own the kids. The state owns the kids once she gets into a broke, broken home situation. And all she does is just going to uh, F the kids up. That's all she's going to do is screw the kids up just to keep them away from you. But um, eventually, like I said, fathers can't even keep up with a 50-50 schedule. So they're sometimes persuaded to not fight for 50-50 or they'll say, I can't keep up with that type of stuff. And it's just going to cost me money in daycare. And all the time, the baby mama terrorist is fighting you for putting the kids in the daycare. She's going to say the kids should just be with me if you can't take care of them. And the court of public opinion is going to agree with you or agree with her. And be like, yeah, if you can't take care of them, why don't you give them to the mother? And then you give them to the mother and then the mother's putting them in daycare. <laughs> then she goes to court to say, you need to pay half of the daycare bill. You're like, wait a minute, what? You chose to put them in daycare. Well, I have a job. I've flown myself to Paris. I've done Greece. I've Oslo topped. I've done all of that. So this is what you guys sign up for. And odds are you're going to be in this situation. Guys, don't think you're not going to be in this situation. The odds heavily lean, depending on what color you are in our country. Where's my tab again? Depending on what color you are, the more likely you're going to be in this situation. Don't tell me that this ain't going to happen to me. <laughs> Do not say, well, I'm going to be different and we're going to be indifferent and we're in love. Look at the data. You're more than likely than not going to be in this situation. Even if your kids aren't in this situation, you're likely going to be a stepdaddy in this situation. It's going to be your ass. All right, so we're going to get to the solutions in a minute. Let me just look at this co-parenting thing and make sure I had wanted to sum up the point. Um, I often am a guy who is critical of co-parenting because all it does is keep the all it does is keep the um keep the custody fight going. That's all it does. Do I have a solution against it? No, but I think what they're doing is just splitting hairs. And they're basically trying to find happiness somewhere. But I looked up, does co-parenting work? I always look up to find statistics, stories about co-parenting. What people deal with with co-parenting is they basically say, watch, watch all the uh, things right here. Co-parenting can work. 11 ways to make shared custody not suck. 10 signs of a healthy, effective co-parenting relationship. They're letting you know the shit don't work. And so everybody needs solutions how to make it work. The do's and don'ts of co-parenting well. 
Nobody says, does it make it work? Co-parenting, how to make it work? Nobody has any data. Does it work? People know it don't work. So they have to find ways to encourage people to make it work. 10 positive co-parenting tips. Getting the balance right. Co-parenting. 14 best co-parenting tips for exes in 2020. 10 successful co-parenting. Wait, 10 tips to successfully co-parent with your ex. Stop giving in to the co-parent. Don't let the children suffer. So here it is. That's more complex. Uh, conflict. And when you have these things, I'm going to try to click one right here. There we go. 11 ways to make shared parenting not suck. Uh, collaborate, don't litigate. How many people here would go drag your co-parent to court on everything? This is what the family court looks like. Be respectful and professional. Nope. <laughs> Hope parenting. Yep. Create a parenting plan. What? Are you kidding me? You mean these people broke up. They're going at each other's neck. Somebody feels very bad about the breakup. Now we're going to get, let's just get together for the kids. Please. This is not how people co-parent. This is not how people co-parent. Most people do not co-parent like this. Most people co-parent, they don't even talk to the other parent. <laughs> they don't even talk. What about this one? Remember that fair doesn't mean equal. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Try to tell that to one of your co-parents that wants to have everything split right down the middle. Oh, it should be fair. Anytime they pay for something, they think you're supposed to just reimburse them right off the rip. And you over here paying for all this, you ain't said nothing. All right? And you're like, man, it ain't going to be right down the line. Just chill. But nope, you owe me $75.38. It's down the middle. It has to be fair. <laughs> Communicate effectively. Good luck. Communicate effectively part two. Never, never insult your ex in front of the kids. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Did you guys see Mrs. Doubtfire? Go watch the movie Mrs. Doubtfire. That was your precursor to co-parenting. That movie was made in the 19, I want to say late 1990s. Was that the 1990s? Yeah, the late 1990s. There's a scene in there where she's dressed up. Uh, Robin Williams is dressed up like the lady, the old lady. And um, she's being introduced to the kids for the first time. And the mom is dissing the father. And him as the old lady was like, oh, you know, don't you think you should dismiss the kids from the room before you slander the daddy? Before you slander the other parent? Women have no problem slandering the other parent in front of the kid. You do some shit like that. Oh, you're alienating the kid. So this is the way they say make co-parenting work. All of these things, and nearly nobody does it. Schedule parenting dates. To do what? Discuss the kids? I doubt it. Most co-parents, they wait for the other parent to make a mistake, and they're hopping on it. They're not trying to work on one accord. Don't expect your ex to follow your rules. So you have two households two different rules give your kids some agency and then get on the same page this is how they make co-parenting work this is some basic ish and i'm gonna tell you right now people trample how many things were on this list people trample on 10 out of 11 of these things they do none of these things this is the only way it works and people do none of these things mm.
Absolutely none. And this is how they make it work. I'm telling you, it doesn't work. <laughs> if people have to do this, if people have to do that to make it work, it will not work. One out of 100 co-parenting people do this. One out of 100, maybe one out of 1,000 will do anything close to that list. Everybody else is doing everything opposite of that. All right, um, let me see here. Let me make sure I have everything, and then we're going to go over the we're going to go over the solutions for you. Let me see here. Where are we at here? So uh, the what are the odds of you being a co-parent? Well, we already showed you that. We already showed you that. I just wanted to make sure I got that point out. That's the odds. Let's see here. <clears throat> oh, if you do want to have kids, parenting never stops. So you can't be like, oh, when my kid turns 18, I have to stop. No, most kids are living with their parents still to this day into their mid-20s, some into their early 30s. So if you don't want your kids to live with you after 18, I suggest that you don't have kids at all. I'm sorry. If Yeah, don't have kids. There's going to be highly likely your kids are going to be living with you and you'll be doing some sort of support, even if you're a suburban parent. Even if you're a suburban parent, most kids go to college, they come back from college, and they live with the parent until they find their first job. And most of these jobs, they're going to be like, oh, I got a degree in accounting. I'm waiting for this accounting firm. And so your kid's going to live with you for two years, three years, especially your daughter. She might not never leave until she gets married, which is damn near never. <laughs> damn near never. She ain't never getting married. She's just going to live up under you 24, 25, 26, blowing up like the Goodyear blimp eating up all your ice cream, sitting up all uh, next to you, watching the football game. Hi, dad. You ain't never getting rid of her. And if you're waiting for her to get married, to get rid of her, good luck. You're going to be trying to introduce her to all kinds of people. She ain't going nowhere, especially if she's sassy, liberal-minded. She ain't never, <laughs> she ain't never going nowhere. She going to be selling peaks leave on the side. Okay, somebody also mentioned, uh, them falsely accusing you of abuse, that's going to happen to some of you guys. So you're trying to be a parent. They're going to falsely accuse you of abuse, physical, sexual, uh, verbal. Which that that's an immediate, <clears throat> that's an immediate lot of money. Oh, uh, child support. We didn't even talk about that. Custody. I mean, these are these are the norm for for most American men. It's the norm. And if you want to find it otherwise, I know you might be from somewhere and you're like, I see none of these things. I don't know where you live. I mean, you got to acknowledge that the stuff that I brought up are things that you're going to deal with. Okay, let's get to the solutions here. Um, the reality of the situation. Solutions. Uh, you can roll the dice and have kids with, uh, let's say you're a young man and you're not knocking up a 42-year-old single mother. Uh, you're a young man. You can knock up a young woman today. And you guys can live together in harmony and peace. This is, people do this. People do do this. This is possible. And you can just beat the odds. You can beat the statistical odds. Let's just put it up one more time as a, as a means to show you. So there is a chance, this dark, dark green bar right here, Hispanics right here, 43% living with parents in first marriage. So out of 100 people, 43 out of 100. 
statistically are living in a two parent household where both the biological parents are living together. 52, by the way, this is uh, these are a lot of people here. 52 percent of whites. Um, and then 22 percent of blacks and then Asians, you got a way more a bigger uh, chance of this happening. So. With that being said, you can live together with your kids. Doesn't mean you're not going to go through all the other things that we talked about. Rebellion, them not wanting to be your friend and not being around you, uh, parental interference. Uh, yeah, there's, those are those things right there. All right, the next thing is uh, obviously would be if you want to remove the chances that a wife could do these things to you, you can do what they call surrogacy. So if you wanted to have kids, you can have a, become a surrogate. But the problem with the surrogacy is that there's upfront costs to surrogacy. And we know most parents become parents when they are not, uh, they're, they're not, they don't have any financial viability. Like they're not strong financially. We, we talked about this. Most people are broke when they become parents. And some people do work their way out of it over time. And it takes a lot of work. But here it is right here. How much does a surrogate cost? Well, um, let me read this to you. Let me read this to you right here. And she says right here at Circle, Circle uh, Surrogacy offers an uh, one all-inclusive cost program for surrogacy, the Journey Protection Guarantee Program. At Circle, the cost of surrogacy only is $148,750. And for surrogacy and egg donation, $172,750,000, okay? And it says right here, the average in general, you'll find that surrogacy costs can range from $80,000 upwards to $200,000, all right? $200,000 upfront, upfront money. And where does the money go to? The agency fee, accounting, medical billing, et cetera, which you would pay if you had a kid. Uh, not the agency fee, but the medical costs, legal screening and support for surrogate. It's the woman. Surrogate mother's expenses, which you would pay these if you were with the mother uh, in, in that situation. Insurance and parents legal rights. Okay, parent legal rights. This is what goes into the cost of surrogacy. Now, if you cannot afford this plan, if you cannot afford this plan, this is my advice to you. You'll never be able to afford kids. Okay. You're never going to be able to afford kids because you're going to pay all this in the back end of having kids for free. So the cost that they brought up, 80 to $200,000, you're going to pay all that back and more on the back end, especially if you get divorced, if you did not marry the mom. If she is now a um, if she is now a single mother or you're a co-parent with her, you paying it back on the back end. Sometimes you might pay it back double or triple. Depending if your kid gets damaged in the process and they got to go to therapy or they become less productive of a citizen, you paying that back. <laughs> All right, you gonna pay it. So I don't want to hear about it costs too much up front. I'll do it for free. Doing it for free. Them totals coming back on your ass. You're going to need to have eighty dollars to $100,000 on the back end for sure. But over time, you get to build that up. So you don't need it up front. So I get the upfront costs. You say, I just won't pay up front. 
I'll have the kid for free and then I'll just, you know, make it work on the back end. Let's go to the next option. Courtney says, so basically no kids, LOL. He says, that's basically what he's saying. Do you want poverty? Do you want poor kids? I mean, ask yourself, what type of kids do you want? I mean, you can't plan for it. I You could try to plan for it. I know what kids I wanted, and I didn't get hide nor hair of influence in that type of thing, right? I got a little bit of influence, and let me tell you, I fought hard to get what I got out of for my kids. I fought. Like, I paid $60,000 in a divorce. I paid for them twice, essentially, by the time they were five, six, or six and seven. I end up having to pay 60000 and plus in the divorce, go through all kind of pain, child support. When I had 50-50 custody, I had to be super dad, and I had to sign them up for Taekwondo, sign up for their sports, try to get them to do this, try to push them to do that. All right, take them to Taekwondo lessons two days a week. All the time, I was doing it all alone. Nobody was paying extra. Nobody was Nobody was helping me. All the time I did it against, um, I did it against objection. My co-parent was not on one accord with this. She had another plan for them in which she was not able to execute because she didn't have the finances to. So her, her solution was just put them in after school daycare. Where's the poll? Uh, let me see here. Let's put the poll up. How much more so much would you be with no marriage, no kids? Let me see here. Do you wish, I believe this was the poll. Do you wish to have kids? I'm going to put right here. No. Yes. Still considering it. I, I believe that's what the poll was, right? Still considering it. How much more successful would I be? I, I really can't tell. I mean, I, I was always had the ability to, like earn money and start my own businesses and all that stuff. Um, let's just say if I was never distracted by these processes, meaning distracted by trying to keep everything on board and the resources went directly into me investing in myself, I probably would be pretty successful financially. But I think in the back of my mind, I would always be like, but what if I want to have kids? You know, that would always be in the back of my mind. So now that I know what I got out of it, <laughs> right? What I got out of it, um let me tell you. Let me tell you. I mean, this doesn't say whether I love my kids or not, but I have had the equivalent. My, my experience raising kids has been the equivalent of having long-term cancer. <laughs> okay. Mm. That's what my that's what I would equate it to. At no time was it enjoyable. Only maybe the early, early years, like years when they were three and four, three and five. Since then, or prior to that, when they're babies, it ain't fun. And then after that. After that, yeah, it would be the equivalent of being in a 10 year war. 
after that was the divorce and all everything that I did was basically I, I had contention the entire time from my co-parent. There was tension, contention, wars, court, child support, um, competition, being disenfranchised, being threatened. I mean, it was a it has been a psychological war. That's what having kids is. That's what having kids has been for me. It's never been rewarding other than, you know, when the kids love me. But most of the time, I've gotten nothing but hate and energy from the co-parent and their family. It's not ever. Everything I've done has been contested. Everything that I've done has been belittled. Nothing's been appreciated. Nothing. I've gotten appreciation from absolutely no. I mean, maybe my son has appreciated it. He's appreciated it more than anything. But I've gone above and beyond, paid for my kids to go to private school, paid for them to take trips and vacations, uh, given them opportunities in sports and academics, all of that. I've done above and beyond a thousand fathers. And I have been appreciated very little for it. I've been actually criticized for what I've been doing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just letting you know. And still to this day, still being critical of it. I could have been a deadbeat daddy and washed my hands of it 15 years ago. And I would have had a, I would have had a better life. I would have had a better life doing zero. <laughs> right. Let me tell you, I would have had a better life doing zero and just being a deadbeat and passing the check on and washing my hands. Now, it would have come back to haunt me. That would have come back to haunt me because then the kids would be like, well, he was a deadbeat. He knew it wasn't there. But I was been, I've been treated the equivalent of a deadbeat the entire time. All the time trying to fight the stigma of a deadbeat and only to be beat, treated as a deadbeat in the end. <laughs> so a lot of guys do all of this stuff only to be treated like a deadbeat in the end. Treated like, oh, you didn't do ish and the hell with you and we don't appreciate you, et cetera, et cetera. This is what people deal with as a father. How many times? How many times have you heard anybody? We just had Father's Day and people just brushed over it like this. Nobody stopped for, for an hour to say how they appreciate fathers. Nobody did. Everybody said, happy Father's Day, Dad, and kept it moving. Not one person. How many times did they stop to praise dads and say, thank you, Dad, for protecting us and not getting us raped and assaulted, not have us, our house burglarized? Thank you for all this private school. Thank you for all of these opportunities. Not one. You couldn't get one person to say it with heart and meaning. Many, many people said it and they didn't even believe it. Many people just said it just to say it. Many people in the middle of saying it probably was like, well, you were a deadbeat anyway. <laughs> I'm just letting you guys know your job is thankless. Your job will not be appreciated. Your job will not, you guys think people are just going to be like, oh, my daddy, not many people. There are some, not many, not many.
And that's just the reality of it. If you guys, again, I always give you the truth. If you want to change that, you guys go change it and let me report on something different. But until then, people out here dissing dads, he's dad's making sacrifices. Dad is out here, out here pounding the pavement. He's working in 104 degree summers to make life work and people don't appreciate the ish. <laughs> they don't give a damn and they'll be blaming him for everything. So uh, I, another indicator in this is uh, when the single mom essentially raises the kid and the kid does good in life, the single mom gets the praise. If it just so happens that the kid turns into a knucklehead, the single mom blames the absence of the father. Which one is it going to be? Why can't the father also get the praise when the kid does well in the kids uh in the in the father's absence? The mother gives no credibility, no gift to the father even though he probably was there, wanted to be there, paid some child support, he financed the entire deal or at least a, a portion of it. He gets no praise. She gets all the praise and is called some sort of hero. When the kid often, which seven out of 10, turned into knucklehead and juvenile delinquents, the mother says, these kids needed a father in their lives. Mm. It's weird. All right, so what is the other alternative for you? He said, don't worry, coach, you're a legend to us. Yeah, I, I you know, I appreciate it. So I appreciate it. The things that I've been able to do with my time, um, not a lot of men have been able to do and save their reputations as a father. My stuff is well documented and I can go out and show that despite the fact that I'm always portrayed as a deadbeat on the other side. And she hates that. She's disgusted by it. That I've been able to parlay that into what's opposite of what she wanted to paint for the world. And it's all right. So not, but not a lot of men can do that. Not a lot of men can do what I've done and save that reputation. For the most part. So people do appreciate what I've done for my kids, especially as a, a, a father that has a, you know, black father. But I'm going to tell you what the biggest lie that you will hear out here is that women want men to be fathers. It's an absolute lie. They don't. It's lip service. They don't want men to be fathers because the men that do, do step up to be fathers, they find a way to chase that man off the block. Now, they want the men to be the fathers when it's too damn late, when the kid's already a knucklehead, when the daughter's already impregnated and hoeing in the streets. Then they want the father to show up and somehow pull off a damn Hail Mary. The father need to be here. Why? Well, you done ruined the kid for 10 years. Now I got to come in with the save. I got to come in and pitch a damn no hitter. I got to come in and throw a 90-yard bomb down the field. I got to come in and hit a buzzer beater with three seconds left. Yeah, now you want a father now. But where were y'all ass when y'all was keeping the kid away from the father from age uh, three to age 15? Where were you then? Where, where, where was I need a father then? It's absolutely insanity in our country. They don't need the father then, but when the kid out here gangbanging, shooting up the damn Juneteenth parade, now you want fathers to be involved. <laughs> so hell with the hell with these people, man. I'm telling you. You ain't going to change a damn thing. You ain't going to change a damn thing when the, when the kid's already ruined. 
when the kid's lazy and dysfunctional, when the kid's a welfare recipient, you ain't going to change nothing now. What am I going to do now? I'm not coming in to clean up this garbage. When the kid's a damn juvenile delinquent and robbing the damn liquor store and standing on his knees talking about hands up, don't shoot. I can't do nothing now. <laughs> All right. Anyway, other alternatives, having kids overseas, it is possibly uh, something that can work for you. I know you're probably going to say, I will never see the kid. How in the world am I going to have a kid overseas when I never see them? And I say, this is not true. You can go over there to see them anytime you want. Many times the laws are not as restrictive as you've seen your kids than over there. Not to say that she's going to just have kids with you. She can have kids with three other men and Americans. Who knows? The kids might not be yours. You better get a DNA test. But the fact that people are scared of not seeing their kids overseas when you can bring them over for the entire summer vacation and send them back and go vacation two or three times, you'll see your kids more overseas than you'll see them in America. You'll see your kids more overseas than you'll see them here in America. You live in Columbus, Ohio. Your kids live two, three blocks down the damn street and you still can't see them. Anytime you see them, them kids going to be smoked the hell out, drinking scissorb. All right. By the time you see they ass. So I don't want to hear that you can't see your kids overseas. You can't see your kids in America. What are we talking about? <laughs> I mean, if you own 50-50 custody, you only see them half of their whole damn childhood. Mm. What are you talking about? 50-50 custody, you can barely even see them half of their whole damn childhood. And you think what? You think you can't see your kids overseas? You'll see your kids more with less restriction, less hoops and hurdles and whatnot. I don't get what people say when that one. It's a lot more effort to see your kids, but what makes more sense? Well, I can't see my kids. They're 3,000 miles away as opposed to my kids are 12 miles away and I can't see them. <laughs> they sitting up right up under you and you every now and then you might bump into their ass at Walmart. Damn, they go, my kids. How are you, son? Screw you, dad. <laughs> you ain't here in my life. So what is it going to be, man? I don't want to hear about you can't see your kids. You can't see your kids in America. You can hardly see them. Even if you are married, you hardly see your kids. Let's say you're married and, and you have a married household and you're the primary uh, earner. You don't see your kids either. You don't see them. You at work. You working. All right, you might see your kids by the weekend, but you don't see them on a daily basis. If you have a traditional family, you don't see them that much. So what are we talking about? Let's just put it all in perspective. It'll be cheaper over there and whatever laws you want to go into. So the other alternative, other than rolling the dice, surrogacy, having uh, um, having kids overseas, you can adopt kids if you want. Remove the co-parent from the entire equation. Same thing with surrogacy, but this is another man's kids. It's another man's problems. You know, they could be the bad seed at the end of the day. It's kind of like taking on a dog that has been tortured and beaten. The kid, the dog just can't get the hood out of it. So you can do that as well. Or you can settle for co-parenting and hopefully that you have a good co-parent. Or you can not have kids, kids at all. It's what you want to do. It's what you want to do in life. 
But I'm going to just tell you, a lot of people say you have fun with your kids. I had a lot of fun with my kids. Uh, but it's kind of like dating. When a man dates, he's not trying to have fun. He's trying to get a result. Women go on dates to have fun. Meaning, what did you do on your date? Oh, he took me here. He took me there. We had reservations here. He picked me up. We drove. He drove me over here. And she got to get in a little chariot and be driven around and be surprised over having dinner at Fleming's. I didn't anticipate this. Wow. Oh, boy. Oh, the steak. And what you're doing is you're managing the event. When you organize and manage events, you're not having fun. You're trying to get a result. So in the terms of dating, I'm organizing and managing the event to go get her to lie on her back and put her toes to the ceiling. All right. So that's why I'm having I'm, that's why I'm doing I'm not doing it. I'm not having fun on the event. I'm making sure I get here on time, making sure I beat traffic, making sure she's on time, making sure I pick her up, making sure the reservation work, making sure she's fed, making sure the conversation's going well, making sure she's happy, making sure I'm saying the right things. That's not fun. That's getting to the desired result. Now, same thing with kids. Same thing with kids. When you have fun with your kids, you ain't having no fun. You opening the wallet. You buying the tickets. You're planning the event. You're giving them the opportunity. You're taking off of work early. You know, right? You're saving money. I'm saving money so I, one of these days I can take them on a fun trip. You do this. You organize the event. You paying for everything. Every time you show up, you paying for ice cream. You paying for softy serve, uh, little, uh, little, them little ice cream balls. You paying for the park entry. You paying for parking. You paying for, you ain't having no damn fun. <laughs> Where are you having the fun at? You go down the water slide one time. You, whoa, it wasn't this fun, kids. I'm hungry, daddy. Oh, what you want? You want one of these burgers? You go to the burger stand. $40 hamburger. You're like, all right, here. Anything for you, kid. They eat half the hamburger, throw the half the hamburger away. $18 soda. They want a souvenir at the souvenir shop. <laughs> Airplane tickets. Hotels. They still complaining. Daddy, we want this. You didn't let us go get this at the souvenir shop. Shit, you ain't. <laughs> it's not fun. But what you're doing is you're doing it for a desired result. You want your kids to have the experience. You want them to have fun. You want them to have the knowledge and understanding of what this costs and what this is. You want them to have the appreciation. So you as fathers aren't going to have fun. You're going to get a desired result. That's what your whole thing is. And, and what you hope at the end is that your kids go, damn, we love that, dad. We appreciate you for sticking your neck out there. We That's what you want. And you hope you get it. Many times, you don't get that. Many times, you don't even get that at the end of the date, uh, the end of the fun. Many times, they still pissy because you didn't give them the Bugs Bunny ears. He was like, damn, I paid for this, that, this, and that. Guys, kids don't care what you paid for. They don't even have an idea of what, what costs. They are not looking at their receipt. Damn, dad paid $200 for this, $800 for that. He paid for this hotel room. He paid for that. He paid for the food. He paid. They don't give a damn. <laughs> they don't. I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know going in.
They're not counting up the cost. They're not talking about how much you sacrificed and how many times you worked overtime. Nothing. And then they might even bring it up when they go to their mama's house. Their mama's going to debrief them. Well, what did he do? He took you where? She adding it up. Well, he got extra money. Child support modification. <laughs> then she like, oh, you got money to do all that? And I'm over here struggling? I don't think so. Nope. She take you to court. See, he seemed to be able to afford to take the kids here and there. <laughs> and then now, guess what? He got extra money. I'm going to need some of that. So sometimes you can't even give them the good stuff because they be over there telling your mama, telling their mama, well, daddy did this and daddy did what? Oh, so oh, daddy got extra money then. Child support modification time. So a lot of times dads don't even do extra things for their kids because they know the baby mama watching them like a hawk. Baby mama like, oh, you got money to do this and money to buy them shoes and money to buy them this. You're, you're like a good dad. Oh, I'll buy all the shoes. I'll buy all of this. She like, oh, good. You that you got extra money, don't you? Where are we at here? Let's do the uh, cash apps. Let me make sure I got these brothers. I'm telling y'all the real. I'm telling y'all how it works. <laughs> Somebody says, then why have kids? Because you want to have kids. It's it's our it's our it's it's part of our. Um, I'm sure psychologists looked it up. Our selfish need to procreate. We want to see. We want to see what we procreate. It's a mystery. We want to see what we're able to produce. It's just basic reproduction. So you want to reproduce and you want to, but there's a lot of obstacles. A lot of obstacles in your way. Hi, coach. Nicholas in the building. He says, keep entertaining us seniors here and keep educating the young ones. How about this? Together with the prenup prior uh, marriage, you must sign the agreement for a DNA test after birth. There, he said, just sit back in silence and watch the facial expressions. Keep it up, brother. He says, truth that hits like a sledgehammer in the building. Wow. So if you do put that into your agreement, she's going to run. I want DNA test. That would be a good one. And your prenup and all of your agreements. I want a DNA test for all kids on at birth. If she starts shuffling, <laughs> she going to be like, <laughs> Yeah, if you want to put any pressure, if women are putting pressure on you, just hit them with the most outlandish <laughs> prenup in NDA. Some of them will say, yeah, I don't have anything to worry about. Do not use my government name. What's up, Coach Junior in the building? He says, I got the traditional Filipina from the Philippines. I got the in, I got there in through their mom, I guess, through her mom. But I'm afraid these Western chicks going to get to her head. Thoughts. Well, unfortunately, Western society is being influenced everywhere, but the laws haven't caught up in the Philippines. As long as she's still in the Philippines, the laws are more favorable to you than they are to her. So they have no choice but to be traditional. Matter of fact, they don't even have divorce in the Philippines. Many people, if they're older than 24 in the Philippines as a female, they could have been married already. Like they're probably still legally married. Like they get married young there. There's no such thing as divorce and child support or any of that stuff. So as long as they're there, that's going to be favorable to you. But you also are walking into a lot of those women are 
still married right now. They're married. And somebody says people disappear in the Philippines. Yeah. She can't divorce you in the Philippines. So you're you're immune to it. You're immune to this. But a lot of times those people will have started off with people in their village or people in their small town or their city. And they start off young and they'll get married and even have children when they're 18, 19, 16, 17, 18, 19. And by the time you show up, she's a young Filipino woman, but she's already been married. And she's still legally married. It, it's tough. There's some things going on over there that you got to really know what to work through and what to ask. Or you'll find out you're, 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 you're living with the married woman. So I says, because people are doom and gloom. Try to go over there. Go over there and find out. You can go over there and find out on your own. Don't look. Let's go. Go follow this woman right here. She'll tell you. Let me see you here. We see. Let me see. I'm gonna find her page. Watches her. She tells the. She tells the truth. Her name. Here it is. <laughs> Let me see here. Uh, the Filipina P is her name. Let me see if I can find uh, on her channel here. She's in the Philippines right now. Let me see. Well, let me see here. Uh, says here, married women. Trying to find her page here. Here she go right here. This girl right here. Let me see if I can pull. There she is right there. But she talks about it all the time. She's in the Philippines right now. She's in the Philippines. And she'll tell you about dating, dating women over 30 in the Philippines. And she'll talk about it. Well, some of these girls are married already. Uh, danger, avoid the dangers of dating married Filipinas. The pros and cons of dating older women. Bringing, girl, bringing your girl west. One Filipina story of life in a foreign land. When a marriage goes south in the Philippines, Filipino-American couple in crisis. There was one that she really, she went in on the amount of married women that are actually over there. And she was like, well, a lot of these women have already been married. <laughs> so, and they can't divorce. They literally can't divorce. So when you get over there, you're like, oh, I found a beautiful woman, but she already been married. Like she can't even get divorced. How you, what are you going to do with that? And the dude's still around. Like the guy that she married and never divorced is still in the Philippines. <laughs> and what if he just like, nah, I want my woman back. Many times that's not what he's going to do. He's already kind of done with her. But what if she comes over there, you go over there and you move her into a, a spot in the Philippines, you impregnate her. And then he comes back. This my wife. <laughs> You're going to be found somewhere in the middle, somewhere of the Philippines, gone. You're going to be out there, Filipino. Somebody said, and then, this, then you disappear. Somebody said they have annulments. Just depends. I mean, just depends. And it's a process. It's a legal process. Many of them don't have the money to go through the annulment. Do you guys know how poor they are over there? They're pretty poor. Pretty poor. They're pretty, pretty poor. Um, oh, 
I was doing this. No government name says, call me Trey. Have you heard, Coach? For most people, the kids are an asset in the form of a retirement account. I found I was in the retirement plan for um, a grandparent who hasn't worked for 30 plus years. So I ran away from the plantation. Wow. Yeah, there you go. So the kid, that's how the kids are an asset. Yeah, you're their retirement plan. Wow. He says, now I just need to get my dad off my back. Gave him $1,000 just because just before my birthday. And two months later, he needed more. The community is in shambles, coach. Give it the buzzer. Yeah, those people are very treacherous, Trey. Yeah, they will use your kids. They will use their kids to uh, dig them out of holes financially. And many times they put up all kinds of roadblocks for you to even be successful as an adult. Most people, most families in the community have one successful person in the family. One. And they go ride that dude like crazy. Or a guy or a female. Even the female, they'll do it. Let me hold something. They'll have one successful person. And many times that person is not even that successful. When I recruited in Louisiana, we would recruit people from Mississippi. And what the people would do in Mississippi is that they were so poor is that when that kid got their scholarship money or their Pell Grant money, the kid would send it back to their family. Like this person was getting money from the government. This person was getting scholarship money. Sometimes back then the Pell Grant, they would only like if you gave them a scholarship, Pell Grant money could be used in place of the scholarship that would save us a scholarship for the most part. And so they were so poor, they would qualify for a lot of Pell Grant money. Now that I think you can get an addition to the scholarship Pell Grant money. Back then you couldn't. These kids would send the money back to their family in Mississippi and they families would eat off that money. Not one family member, multiple family members. And that kid will be at school broke and in poverty. Broke. And I'll be like, why you send the money back to the family? <laughs> why you send the money back to them? Well, you know, slow ass Mississippi shit. Well, you know, you know, my mama says she knew I needed to send the money back. What? I used to be flabbergasted. I mean, absolutely flabbergasted. I was, I can't believe family members would do that to their kids. And yes, they will. And I'm like, that kid don't even ain't even made $10,000. That was their scholarship money. That was their money to do well with. I mean, they barely was, they were barely going to be making it anyway. But families will do that to their kids. And don't be a successful person. You get your job and your career and you get your nice little house. Your family members struggling. They're going to come to you. You owe us. You owe us. You need to take care of us. Like, what? Dream killers. So I've seen this. People always think my philosophy revolves around women and relationships. I've seen mothers do treacherous things to their children. Absolutely. Fathers would be in jail for what I've seen mothers do to their own kids. I mean, I work with too many kids. I've seen it. I was like, you would be, fathers, you would be in jail, strung up and hung for doing what I've seen mothers do to their kids. Hell no. Absolutely despicable. <laughs> despicable. People are, people are despicable out here.
Eric Powell. He says, I coined the new term, single mothers always destroy S mad. She mad, S mad. And they'll destroy. I mean, I always tell you, they'll have their kids. They'll select struggle for their kids as opposed to put their kids with the father who's doing well. And be like, oh, it looks like the father's doing well out of the both of us. Let the kids be over there. Nope. The mother will choose struggle for the kids. <laughs> be like, nope. And the kid, hey, dad got a nice house in the swimming pool in the backyard. You don't need none of that. <laughs> oh, my kid, my dad could pay for private school. He got, you don't need none of that. He penalizing me for being in a worse financial position. And I'm like, you mean the way you penalize him for being a better, in a better financial position? You're penalizing him for being in a better financial position. But you're mad that she, the, the kids are going over there going, I want to be with daddy. They'll choose struggle for their kids before they put their kids in a better situation without them. S mad. 100%. They'll choose this nine out of 10 times. All mothers will choose this. All right. Robin C says, Google, I married a rag doll. A rag doll, I won't disappoint. I'm just going to, I'm not, I might not show it. I might see, save it for later. Save it for later. <laughs> Is this a man or a woman? Oh, no. It's a woman. Oh, man. They do have people doing this. They call themselves not asexual. Uh, I don't know what they call themselves. <sighs> Are people doing this for attention? This is supposed to be a lady. She's in Brazil. So much for overseas. 37. She married a rag doll. Oh, boy. He is the man I always wanted in my life. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, they had a baby, too. They had a ragdoll baby. Yeah, mental illness is out of control. Yeah, people are mentally ill. Wow. Pure Bama, 1,000% spot on. I just talked about this. Oh, appreciate you. Thank you for that, Pure Bama. And fathers, you'll work your way all the way up into the teenage years and get spat on. Get spat on. And you'll be like, oh, damn. It's crazy. Higher image status, uh, 21 convention attack JLP. I've been seeing a little bit about that. And um, I just haven't had uh, the opportunity to go check out what's going on here. But I, I guess there's something going on there. But maybe I'll touch on it. Maybe I won't. I typically don't touch on G-A-Y subject matter like that. But um, whatever's going on, man, it's just another one. Another one. Wesley says five years of freedom. Gratitude. Thank you, sir. Everybody's we's free now. Jeremiah Franz is high risk, but men want to teach and lead. This is all men want to do, but uh, we've been told that we don't know ish and we're useless. So it's it's kind of tough. They put us in a tough position where teaching and leading is not an option anymore. It's just open your wallet. Just open your wallet. Just just open your wallet. Just provide. Say nothing. Do nothing. We're not going to listen to you. This goes for women and children now. Not even not even your boy, Elon Musk. <laughs> Just open your wallet. <laughs> Look at Elon Musk's face. <laughs> That's how fathers be looking. All right. Just 
just open your wallet, leave me alone, don't tell me what to do. This is the removal of the protector. I actually did a speech at the 21 convention talking about this. So um, I don't want you guys to under or, or believe that I'm talking about this now because of my situation. I'm going to show you right here. I did a speech on this called Removing the Protector. And uh, let's see if he put it up here. And the whole purpose of it, here it is right here. What he represents. Hey, what are we doing here? Wait a minute. Here it is right here. So this is my speech at the 21. What's going on? 21 Convention Patriarch Edition. So I spoke at the Fathers. This The Patriarch or, uh, the patriarch Convention part is a part of the Fathers and all of that stuff. So my whole speech is called Removing the Protector. How they remove the father from all interactions with the children. And this is before I went through my situation with my children. This is before I, this is a plan step, step-by-step, lockstep, removal of the parent. Okay, removing the protector. This is the entire speech. I'll throw it in the description box. Hey, that's me right there. My big milk dud head on the screen and right there. Removing the protector. All they want you to do is they, they want to bump you out, keep funding everything, remove you from the influence. 100%. The father absence crisis in America. This speech was done a year and a half ago. Uh, what is it now? No, it's been done a year ago or a little less than a year. A little less than a year. So this has all been going on for a long time. And I. this is why when it happens to me, I know what they're trying to do. I'm like, this is all, all kind of cultural Marxism at its best. It's divide and conquer. Uh, because then when they remove the protector from the from the kid and they put every avenue to incentivize removing the protector and every avenue in front of the male to have responsibility over his kids, what they do is then have influence of the kid. Then all of a sudden the kid's talking about I'm 150 genders and all of this stuff. Then they can dis disassociate with you, change their name. Bro. This is what we got. This is what we got. Anyway. It's easily done, but a lot of lemmings don't understand that's what happening. That's what's happening, and uh, they'll only understand when it's too late. Anyway, brothers, look, we're gonna get out of here. We'll be back. What are we at? Oh, damn, almost three hours. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I see that comment. Um, anyway, uh, let's get up out of here, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll be back this afternoon, early evening, man. We out of here, brothers. Peace.